Hey, what's up, everybody? It's uh, June 28th. Yankees just coming off of a 2-1 to victory against the Oakland A's. And the talk of the town is uh, J.P. Sears. Obviously, he's, he's only faced Baltimore and Oakland, but uh, what big starts they were, you know, coming up from AAA, just trying to eat up innings and uh, going six strong tonight, not giving up a run. And, you know, way back when, uh, in like the end of May, he went uh, five innings, no runs against Baltimore. He's looked absolutely amazing. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you guys want to dive into it, let's let's dive into Sears' starts. I know you guys were watching the game. I was kind of at work, but keeping up with how he was doing. So I think Sears is a master of sequencing um, because he's just keeping, he's mixing in off speeds, first pitch. You never know when he's going to come with the fastball. Obviously, he's not Clay Holmes out there overpowering with velocity, but he's still dotting his fastball. He's got great location, and he's just been there. There's really no complaints so far. There's not even something little that I could pick out about Sears. You know, he walks a few batters, but it's not like he's missing in the dirt or throwing some wild pitches. He's he's throwing balls on purpose you know there are pitchers that throw strikes and then there's pitchers that throw balls and try to get you to chase Sears is just a perfect balance between good sequencing and good location and for being a young guy it, it's it's really relieving to see that this is somebody that we could have for five maybe even more years and again he's still young doing a lot of good things very mature player, doesn't have a lot of time to prep for these starts too. Um, so he's just been so impressive, and there's there's very little things that I can I can pick out that are negative about this guy. We're still waiting to see where his mistakes come. Um, when he's behind in the count, he's still throwing pitches, going right after them, and and throwing not right over the plate, but efficient strikes nonetheless. So Sears has just been phenomenal. I'm really looking forward to having him these next couple of years, seeing what he can do as a full-time player on this team. Yeah, I definitely think JP is a good addition. I actually love the idea of a six starter. It gives our rotation an extra rest day, another guy to go through. And then like Michael Kay and Cameron Maven said on the broadcast today, J.P. Sears is an MLB-ready pitcher that's mainly in the minor leagues. And he shows it every time we call him up for a spot start. He's literally hasn't given up a run all year. So he's been very effective, like Jack said, mixing in off speed, keeping hitters off balance. So that's exactly what our rotation has been excelling at all year. And he's just a fucking bonus piece at this point. So it's a perfect fit. Yeah, I mean, to to end the thing on Sears, like like you guys said, the location is there, the control is there. It's just the stuff. I mean, he's almost similar to a Nestor Cortez guy, a Monty type of guy. Those lefties who, you know, aren't, you know, very big. They don't overpower you. They just have really good stuff. And like you said, I mean, the sequencing, I mean, you know, for him to not have the time to, you know, prepare to come up for these starts and, you know, 
having to travel from Scranton to here. And then, you know, knowing that, you know, he did his part today with Trevino and he's probably going to get sent back down, which honestly, it really sucks for him because he, you know, does his thing every time he's here. First time I saw him pitch in April against Toronto, came in in the ninth, pitched a one, two, three. He struck out Springer and Bo Bichette on three pitches each. Doesn't throw fast. He throws like 93, 94 for a fastball. And he has good breaking ball stuff, and that's it. And, you know, he just makes makes hitters fight. And the best thing about him is, you know, when he misses, he doesn't miss over the heart of the plate. He actually misses because he's trying to get them to swing out of the zone. And uh, that's something that, you know, if he continues to do that, it's going to be really big for him. Um, I think the Yankees really like him. I think, you know, he's has potential to, you know, be here with us in the future for a long time. And, you know, I think he's one of those guys that the Yankees kind of see as like a, a hidden gem that they got that no one really knew about until he got here. And, uh, you know, he's going to be something good to come. And you know, he's going to be someone that's going to allow us at the deadline to kind of give up other prospect capital. Um, and I'm going to lead into some of those other guys later when we get to some of these like trade targets for the Yankees. Um, but Sears, excellent job. You know, he's been great every time that he stepped up to on that mound. So job well done, you know, and if we had to name like a honorary pinstripe pal of the week, you know, JP Sears definitely deserves that. Um, one other thing I wanted to hit on, on the game too. Um, and it hasn't just been today. It's been uh, a lot during the season, but, Rizzo and Trevino got like a great connection, you know, between the two of them. I mean, you know, we saw uh, Sheldon Newsy, you know, he got picked off again. Uh, I mean, it's not even that Trevino's throwing the ball fast. You know, he's just deking out runners, you know, getting them to take a significant lead. And, you know, he's making the throws when they don't expect it. And obviously, you know, Rizzo's just a vacuum cleaner at first. You know, he's got soft hands. He, you know, he knows how to make the quick tags. And, you know, they were able to get that pick off. And then Trevino making another great throw to second uh, to nab another runner to end the third. And, you know, those are the things like, you know, Sears did let a couple runners reach base. But anytime that he did, the pressure didn't mount. You know, he, he stayed cool, calm, collected, and, you know, got through it. You know, that's the thing that's so special about this team. You know, they might not look always the strongest you know they might have times where like they look like they're uh what am I looking for like not the opposite of inevitable you know they're looking like they're human right and then uh you know they come together and they fight and fight and fight and you know they want to pulling out these crazy wins I mean it's June 28th we've seen the Yankees walk it off 10 times already how many other times have we already seen them you know, come back from being down three, four, five runs and, you know, come back to win the ballgame because this team has a lot of dog in them. You know, they fight till the very end. And it's just, you know, this team is special. That's literally it. This team is just special, something that we haven't seen in a long time. And, you know, there's just maybe one or two things. There's not a lot to fix because the chemistry is great, but there are one or two things that we can do to really solidify this team and run through October. Yeah. I, I to to the to, uh, 
Yeah, Gallo. Oh, man, I'm, I'm. What can I say about Gallo that hasn't been said before? But um, I wanted to just go back to what Ian said about Trevino and Rizzo. That play, that pickoff, you know, Trevino throwing down, making these plays. These are things that didn't happen with Gary Sanchez behind the plate. So I got to give credit where credit is due to Brian Cashman for really, you know, sacrificing that offensive talent that that Gary had and realizing, you know, if we had a strong catcher that makes these electric plays, it can just change everything. And we're, we're starting to see that with Trevino. Um, it's just such a phenomenal catcher. And it's really night and day with Gary Sanchez. It's it's like. Now that he's finally gone and we have Trevino as our catcher, we realize just how much he was holding back our pitchers and people were running on him and whatnot. And then Rizzo is just such a phenomenal personality and so, so big for this team. Not even his first base skills or his hitting, just his personality and just his eagerness to make everyone around him better. It's just two great moves by Cashman. So I got to give him some credit there. Yeah. And a, a big thing with that too is, uh, you know, the guy we sent to get Trevino is back already. Yeah. <laughs> he, went, he went, he went from here to Texas, from Texas to Kansas city, got DFA both times. And damn, did both those teams mess up because he came back here, hopped right into that bullpen and just started throwing heat. I mean, he was throwing Ched. He was locating great. I guarantee you he's going to pick up that sinker just like every other bullpen guy. He's just going to have like crazy run on it too. Um, but it's great to have that guy back. You know, he was always a really exciting prospect before. Um, so, you know, that's a steal. You know, you literally, you look back on the Turbino trade. I mean, we got him for free. It didn't cost us anything. Absolutely. You know, the one, the one trade that hurt us in the past calendar year is that Gallo trade. That one didn't work out too well. You see the guys, you know, the four guys that are in Texas right now, they're all on the major league roster down there. Not all of them are great, but the the main player in that deal, Ezekiel Duran, is absolutely killing it. Five-tool player down there, you know, definitely going to be one of those cornerstones for Texas for a long time to come. You know, when you see those guys playing well, and, you know, the guy who uh, you gave up all that prospect capital for hitting – 160 with like a million strikeouts already it feels like uh it's tough it's it's really tough it it definitely stings but you know it doesn't sting as much when you're 55 and 20 definitely you know um yeah i mean the game you know the game was overall good you know i mean this Oakland series we said was a must sweep you know and uh you know, the, after after the bottom of the second, you know, it's a little shaky. It was 5-1 Oakland, and we were all kind of in the group chat and just like, oh, my God, like, what's going on? But – Like, it's fucking Oakland, bro. Yeah, How are we losing 5-1? This team never gives up. It, it doesn't matter if they're down 5-1, 10-0, whatever. They really don't give up. The, the, mod, the model this year is uh, 27 outs. The other team has to remember they have to get 27 outs against this New York Yankee team. And, uh, you know, honestly, I mean, shout out to Houston because, uh, you know, we were watching that game at Jack's house on Saturday 
And, uh, you know, Christian Javier was great. You know, obviously uh, Hector and Ryan Presley were both awesome. You know, they know hit the Yankees. I mean, hey, when you know hit the best team in the league, you know, you got to be proud of that. And then, you know, they won another five, six innings the next day of getting no hit. So, you know, Houston definitely fought. You know, the Yankees are super lucky, honestly, that they split that series, and it was amazing. But, again, I'm going to say it again. Yankees just have that dog, you know, that dog mentality where they they itch and they scratch and they claw their way back from no matter what the deficit deficit is. And, like, they really play until their final strike. It was definitely a little concerning. Yeah, go ahead, Mikey. No, go ahead, bro. You good? All right. I was just going to say it's a point. It was a little concerning um, when they were down 5-1 against Oakland coming off that that Astros series where, you know, super competitive team, the Astros. As much as we hate the Astros, we're not going to deny they're a great team. They have great pitching. They can hit. They can do everything. They can do just about everything we can do. Um, So when we were put in that spot against Oakland, it was like, "Mm, are we starting to fall off a bit? Or is there some sort of mental obstacle here that we are going to need to get over, but they settled down. They realized how good of a team we were and that Oakland is a struggling team. A lot of individuality in that game. So they just went up, gave it their best in their at-bats slowly, but surely came back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think this is one of the years where I can honestly say, no matter how much we're down, like Ian pointed out before, whether it be five runs, 10 runs, we're never out of any games. And I've heard it on many podcasts this year. There's a lot of fight in this team and no team that's playing us can coast. They could be up like Oakland, 5-1. They can't coast through any game because you know you have to get through the meat of that lineup and then you have a guaranteed out with Joey Gallo. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> other than that yeah. you have to fight tooth and nail to get our guys out no matter what it is and then you have guys like Rizzo putting up 16 pitch at bats to set up a tying home run and then judges walk off like this team is full of fighters we're never gonna give up I, this is honestly one of the best years for me in terms of watching Yankees baseball like, this is the happiest Absolutely. I've been in a while. Some could argue it's the best year of our lifetime, I would say. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> Watching these games, it's like, what haven't we seen at this point? Right. We've seen right. just about everything. Maybe have we turned a triple play yet? I don't think we've turned a triple play. That'd be like the only thing we haven't done yet. Right. I mean, we haven't had anybody hit for the cycle. Yes. Stuff like that. That is like one in one in a million almost. But we've seen all kinds of games, all kinds of fight, all kinds of wins. And that's that's what makes it so special is that last year, you know, we'd, oh, someone would hit a three run home run. Yay. We win. And then that's, that's, there was, there was no, nothing unique about the games last year this year i really can just look at one ab and be like oh i remember this game here's what happened this game so memorable and just so many different things going on this year and i couldn't ask for much more that's a fact all right uh as we said the inevitable was gonna happen 
Uh, Brian Hotez uh, retweeted out that uh, following tonight's game, the Yankees have optioned our hero, J.P. Sears, back to AAA. So, again. <laughs> As expected. <laughs> salute to back. you, bro. I mean, dude, I mean, every Yankee fan got, got to be proud of this guy. Honestly, like, should get a J.P. Sears jersey. That nine, that ninety two, that ninety two, that ninety two might get a uh, retired in Mommy and Park someday. Yeah. Man, oh my God, <laughs> let's song. not get too ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man. Um, but yeah, honestly, I mean, Gal's the only piece that we really have to move. He's really the only one that's. He's not even holding his team back. That's the crazy thing. It's like, yeah, it hurts watching the TV, being at the stadium. You see Gal back, and you're like. After one, after one swing, you're like, oh, it's the swing. Start playing the motion by Drake, you know, because that, that, that would be the perfect song for Joey Gallo because <laughs> the motion, the swing, it's it's really perfect. Like, I mean, it gets everyone in like that that bag type move where it's like, all right, automatic out. Let's go to the next guy. Um, but like what we were saying is like how Jack said, what haven't we seen yet? We've like you, like you said, we've really seen it all. We've literally seen it all. The comeback wins, the walk-offs, you know, the deep in the games with no-hit bids. Like, yeah, no one's gotten there yet. But, I mean, it's been going against, like, really good teams that they've gone far into it. Um, and then, like you said, with the cycle, I think, you know, and we, we mess with IKF so much about not hitting the home run. I feel like, though, because of the way that he can make contact with the ball, if there's one game where he can actually just get one out, he could be the most likely. I think it's really between him and Glaber. I think they're really the two out there who, you know, have the tools that can go out there and hit for the cycle. I think Glaber is more likely because of the power, um, but you never know with IKF, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's a guy that, you know, you know, we saw it in spring training. He turned on the ball about three or four times in spring training, had a couple homers, and we felt really good. He hasn't done it yet, but, you know, he is the shortstop. Yeah, they've talked, you know, we've heard things about Peraza maybe coming or, you know, the Yankees explore another option. I don't, I don't think they have to. You know, he's held his own. You know, he's done enough where, you know, it's been all right. Like, I mean, it hasn't cost us anything. You know, he hasn't made any really bad plays or, you know, bad errors that have cost us games, really. You know, it, it is tough, like, to watch when he does miss a play. But, you know, we all got to remember, yeah, we got him as our shortstop, but he's not a gold glove shortstop. Right. I always say IKF. Oh, he's a gold glove third baseman. He's not – he's no Jeter, you know, but – after seeing him in person, you know, I bashed on him. He had a rough start. He had some terrible ABs. He wasn't too clean in the field. But after seeing him in person, and I say this a lot, obviously they're professionals. You know they're good. But seeing them in person, seeing the ball come off their bat, seeing them make the plays, the ball hit their glove, seeing them make the throws. When I saw IKF in person, he is a standout in the field. He's always ready. He's looking around, always aware. When he's making the plays, he just looks clean and comfortable, unlike Glaber at shortstop. Right. He is right. just comfortable. He's having fun. I love IKF. I really do. Yeah. And so what? He doesn't have a home run. 
I think he'll sneak one out. You get, you never know. Yeah. And it's gonna come when we least yeah, yeah, yeah. expect it. I feel like yeah. he better hit a fucking home run. Honestly, I, and I was just thinking this too, because obviously we all know Gallo's done. Like his time in New York is just trickling <laughs> away. Once the trade market the ends up, there's there's no value for him. It's it's really tough. Like there's no way that the Yankees are really gonna get anything for him. But honestly, with the way this roster is constructed and the fact that Judge is mostly in center. Although I wouldn't really ideally want to see Hicks in the field as much, you can go the rest of the season with Judge and center. You bring Stanton out to right. You platoon Hicks and Marwin and whoever in the outfield. Um, Andrew Hart. Andrew Hart's done. I, I, ha- I have like a trade thing for him. But Dude, I would you, love to see dude, Andrew Hart get, in Gallo's you get, place. So you get rid of Gallo, right? Stanton plays a field. We've lately seen over the past like – three quarters of a season or so that Sand started playing in the field again, that he's been much better when he actually is in the field. So you get that as your outfield. I think if you want to give Peraza a shot because he's doing so well in AAA, you can make the move to – like Donaldson's great at third. So obviously if you want to keep him there, you can. But if you want, you can make Donaldson your DH. You could slide uh, IKF to third where he's probably going to be even more comfortable defensively and Peraza comes up as your shortstop, then Glaber, LeMahieu, you know, obviously are platooning second, Rizzo at first, and then your platoon of uh, – it's not even a platoon anymore. It's Trevino at catcher. But, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to go and put all your trade chips in on a left fielder. Um, you know, you can kind of mix and match and dice around and, you know, use the system that you have. You don't have – you don't have to trade your prospect capital when you know how good it is and that some of these guys are ready for the major leagues. You know, guys like Sears and guys like, you know, Peraza, they're ready. They're ready to make that next step. And if you want, you know, you can bring them up and have them have them be a part of this run because we've already seen it from Sears. He stepped up in the biggest way in three times that he's been here, you know, not that Peraz is going to be that shortstop because, honestly, you know, Volpe is on his way up too. But while you have the chance, I mean, you know, Glaber is day-to-day. You know, if Glaber does hit the IL with, you know, this sprain that he has, I mean, you might as well give him a chance unless you're going to bring Andujar back. But I don't think Andujar is going to, going to come. Like if they say, oh, we're promoting you back, I think Andujar is going to say no. He's going to say, I don't want to come back. It is a tricky situation with yeah. Andrew Hart. Any time a player, his heart is not in where, he, you know, on the team, like Freddie Freeman, for example. Obviously, he's doing fine with the Dodgers, but we know where his heart is. Yep. And Duhar, I just want to see someone ask him, what, what do you want? What do you want exactly? Yep. If you could play whatever position for any team, where would he want to go? And I haven't seen much information about where his heart is there there's really not much about him in terms of where he wants to go so i don't even even think it's that he has a preference he just wants to play every day and yeah this can kind of like lead into the segment of trade targets and i wasn't going to start with this guy but i'm going to now that we're on the subject 
and it makes sense because I'm wearing this hat and it's a big reason why. Um, but obviously, if the Yankees do look into the the starting pitching market, um, I don't think Frankie Montas is an option because obviously Oakland is hungry for young, controllable, really high-tier prospects. And I don't think the Yankees are going to be willing to let go of a lot of those guys. Um, but the, Red, the Reds are an interesting one. Um, the Yankees have already been linked to Castillo for a really long time. And they've even already had discussions internally about him this year. And uh, funny enough, I didn't know this until I left Somerset, but, uh, you know, the Reds actually have been sending scouts out uh, to Somerset and they sent him out this whole weekend to watch guys. Um, and even though he didn't pitch the day we went, he pitched the day after. Uh, Will Warren is someone that is really high up on the Reds watch. Um, this kid's amazing. He's been in professional baseball for three months. He was drafted in like, I think the eighth round by the Yankees uh, last year. Didn't pitch in rookie ball. Didn't pitch in Tampa. He went straight to Hudson Valley. Pitched there for a month. Said, damn, you're good. Got promoted to double A. Still doing his thing there. Has an ERA under two. And, you know, the Reds are interested. Obviously not every single prospect is going to be able to make it to the Yankees. But, you know, if this is the start. If Will Warren is like the start of what the Reds are looking for, you know, I think him, I think, you know, and Duar or maybe like a Esteban Florio, like, some major league ready talent um, could go back and we could snag a Castillo, you know, and that's just the thing. Like Mikey said, six starters ain't a bad thing because if you have six elite, like six really good starters ready for October, and that's the thing, you know, we've seen this since 2017. I mean, the Yankees have been making the playoffs every year, but by the time they get there, their starters are exhausted. They're, they're, they weren't able to go the length. I mean, you know, we paid Cole $324 million. He was gassed. Like, there was nothing that we could do. I mean, he was just gassed, bro. Like, he got to that wild card game. He pitched so much and put so much into that season that there was just nothing left in the tank. You know, he tried to do what he could, but also, you know, the atmosphere, you know, being in Boston, being in Fenway, the rivalry, a one-game playoff it can get to you when you're on the wrong side of the ball, you know, um, but Castillo, you know, arguably the best available pitcher on the market, you know, it's like kind of like a toss up between him and Montas, but, uh, you know, he's got the control, you know, he has this year and next year. So it's not a bad thing, but uh, if you guys want to start there, um, would you consider Castillo as like an option? Like, would you guys, if you're Brian Cashman, and you're seeing the office and guys are pitching you ideas. Would you push the let's try for him at the deadline? I want to start by yeah. saying, I think that's a great point. What you said about our starting pitching and leading up to playoffs. And by the time we get to that point, how are they feeling? I absolutely agree. Garrett Cole was gassed by the time of that wild card game. And that's six. The whole one of the themes of this season has been our depth. I there's no team in the league with the kind of depths that the Yankees have. Um, so it's been a huge positive for us, that kind of depth. A six starter is, is a really, really interesting debate. Um, 
I, I just don't see it happening um, only because what we have right now is working. It's working. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, as far as Castillo, I, uh, Mikey, do you have any points? I want to see hear what you have to say first. I mean, I would love to take Castillo because he's young. Well, relatively young. He's a fireball. But one thing that would suck him coming to the Yankees is cutting those dreads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he would yeah, cut yeah, those yeah. dreads to come to the Yankees. I think he would. I don't think he would. I think he would. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't, that's like – because honestly, mean, bro, he could. That's he could, a Hispanic he, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he could rock the waves. Honestly, Castillo could kill the waves too. Nah, bro. He could I mean, really kill it. Maybe they wouldn't make him cut it because it's not like that long. Like they might have him like nah, trim it up wrong, a little bit. Bro. He's but, like no, I know. Like they're the they're dangling. <laughs> like maybe they maybe they just have him like shorten it up. I don't know. I don't think you Imagine can, bro. he's the one that makes the Yankees like get rid of that rule. Hey, that'd be fine. You know what? You know, <laughs> Yo. I'm not. I'm not against the long hair because you remember like the COVID year. Like Voight kind of had the long hair going. Cole's got a little long hair. It's not long, but it's like you know medium length. You know, Stanton yeah. had an afro, which was fire. The Stan that 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 Stanton was absolutely awesome. I thought you know he would take off the helmet and just poof. <laughs> it was like damn. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Castillo's no, great, man. Yeah, back to Castillo. I mean, he's one of those guys that he can eat up innings for sure. He's has the velocity, so he'd fit right in with our rotation because we have a lot of guys that throw pretty hard that have that great command like he does. He's another one that he's just stuck on a really bad team, so he doesn't get that support. Yeah. Whereas if he was on a team, a contending team, you'd see his numbers even out and you'd see his true potential. So, I mean, I don't, like Jack said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't think we need to make any changes at this very moment except for figuring out how we're going to situate the outfield. But other than that, I mean... You always have to look at the options, of course. Mm-hmm. You always got to look at the options, have the depth. But I would say go for it, honestly. I would say go for it because you can't – if he's out there, you got to go for him. Yeah, I don't want to jinx it, but we have been, in comparison to other years, a little too healthy. It's almost like we're due for shut the fuck up, Jack. I don't want to jinx it, but <laughs> shut the fuck up, Jack. It's just bound to happen. And if it if there is a little bit of a dent, like I said, there's still time. We still have time until that deadline. Something could happen within the next couple of weeks where Castillo Whoa, is able. Oh, what the right, fuck? Right. And I'm remember, gonna... remember too, the deadline is the deadline's weird this year. It's August 2nd. It's not that traditional July 31st that it usually is. Um, but Mikey, great way to segue into the outfield, like you were talking about, because I got a couple a couple names on here that can really fit the bill and take over Gallo completely. Some are going to cost more than others. Some are better than others. Uh, but we're going to start with like one of the more likely options. Well, all um, of them are going to be better than Gallo. So, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think I got four here. 
I got four names. Four names. Four names here. Uh, Ian Happ is the first one. Switch hitter. Plays a solid left field. You know, we saw him when he was in with the Cubs. Um, wouldn't cost a lot of prospect capital, I don't think. You know, he's, you know, maybe a 20 home run hitter, you know, but he does hit for a decent contact. Easily replaceable for Gallo. Obviously, the Cubs aren't taking Gallo. Like, he'd have to get chipped somewhere else. But, you know, <laughs> you bring Ian Happen, you could send someone else out there, whatever. Cool. He's a decent fit. You know, and we got a couple years of control on him. He doesn't cost a lot at all. That's great. Uh, Benintendi is the next one. Obviously, Chris loves this guy. Um, who wouldn't? Another left-handed bat. Great on-base skills. Great contact skills. Great defender. And being how Kansas City is and how they, you know, trade their talent away, um, they're really bad at making trades too. Uh, so we could probably fleece the Royals and get him for, like, a really good steal. Next guy on the list is another Royal. This one is uh, – this one's harder because he's got control. We've seen him be really, really good, um, and he could play multiple positions. The Royals have opened him up for talks, and that's with Merrifield. He's more of a center fielder, which would kind of tap into Judge going back to a corner, which – the Yankees might not necessarily want to do. Uh, I guarantee you Witt would be fine playing a corner position anyways because he's really able to cover a lot of ground. He also plays second base, um, but he's just a really good five-tool player. He really does everything right. The only thing is he's going to cost way more than Benny and Hap. Um, and then the last guy on here, he's going to cost the most, but – he would be the most worth it because then you obviously have your outfield locked for years to come until Dominguez is ready. And that's Brian Reynolds. Um, and the pirates suck at trades too. So you never know. We could say that it's going to cost a lot and we could wind up like getting a steal. I mean, you look at like the Chris Archer trade, like we know of. And I mean, that was the worst trade I've ever seen in my life. You know, at the time it didn't seem so bad because no one really knew anyone. No one really knew what Tyler Glasson was going to do. Meadows was a rookie. You know, he had a decent season, but nothing like crazy. And then Shane Boz was a nobody. He literally had just gotten drafted. He was in rookie ball. No one knew what he was going to do. Now those three guys are killing it. You know, obviously Meadows isn't in Tampa anymore, but Archer was Archer was terrible in Pittsburgh. Meadows I, is doing terrible too right now with the Tigers. But, uh, yeah, he's bad. Out out of those four guys, though, uh, Reynolds, Hap, Benny, and uh, Merrifield. Um, do any of those names like stick out to you guys with like someone that you would want to take? Obviously, I mean they all sound better than Gal, but like, is there someone that you realistically think the Yankees should go after to be an everyday outfielder, whether it's center, left, or right? Yeah, I mean, I out of those four, I would say the most realistic would be like a Benintendi or maybe a Reynolds. Um, I don't know if Merrifield would be the best idea because he does play center and second base mainly. Right. And I wouldn't move Judge out of center field. 
It seems like he's really getting comfortable there. He's finding his groove. He's playing every so day. I he's really playing every day there. And I think it's mainly yeah. because of like we talked about with the pitch com. He wants to know. You know, and he has every right to. He's the leader. And, you know, I mean, if he's holding it down, which he has been in center, if it, like you guys say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But uh, left field is obviously broke. So that's the. Uh, exactly. That's, I could see Benny sliding right into left. I could see Brian Reynolds sliding right into left without a problem. Honestly, out of those two names, I mean, don't get me wrong. Ian Happ is good, too. I just was never really a big fan of him. But out of Benatendi and Reynolds, I would definitely give up whatever it takes to get Reynolds yeah, because of that control. I mean, I did talk my shit in previous episodes about how Reynolds was playing like ass, and he literally must have listened in. And but, he was like, shut the fuck up, Mike. Hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, though. His stat, like, Benny's, Benny's stats, I think, are a little bit better right now. But, like, Reynolds had that really slow start. And I think that's a big thing that, like, the Pirates are looking to trade him, which I really think they should because they can, depending on the team, you can get it. But those teams that are going to be going after Reynolds, they can use that to their advantage, saying, yo, this is a career 300 hitter. Why is he only batting two-something this year? Like, you know, that, that downgrades his value. And that's where a team can, like, really argue the fact, like, hey, like, you know, I'm not giving you a number one overall prospect or a number two overall prospect for him if, you know, this is what's to come. But obviously, you know, that those years of control, I think it's like four or five still. You know, that's a lot. Um, but for someone of his caliber, he probably would have to be the obvious choice. If you really want to upgrade from Gala and get, like, the best guy where you know, all right, we don't have to worry about it. And Ren- they're Reynolds, all great options. Reynolds obviously, honestly, would look sick in pinstripes. So, yeah. Sick. So and would if Benny. I'm not mistaken, isn't he a switch hitter too? Which would be he is. a he lot. Is. Yes, he is. Which would help as well. Yeah. Because we don't really have a lot of sw- we, we only have only Hicks, Hicks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Hicks is the only Marwin. one ready. Oh, Marwin too. Oh, Marwin. Yeah, but Marwin doesn't play a lot. All right. Yeah. Um. Next trade market guy. I don't. I don't think we. I don't think we do anything at this position anymore. Maybe we do, if another content. Like if we need to like do what we did with Rizzo. Like I didn't think we were getting Rizzo last year at all. And then Boston was like, "Oh, we want Rizzo." <laughs> I remember nah, when we'll take him. When I when I was I was at a gym in Rockland and I was driving home and I got the notification for Rizzo and Mikey was the first guy that I called. And I was like, oh, my God, Mike. I was like, we just got Anthony Rizzo. And we were screaming like children on the phone because I was so excited. Um, But I think, you know, his former teammate, Wilson Contreras, is a possibility if the front office decides that they have to improve at the catcher position. But, again, you know, when we first brought up Contreras' name, we didn't know how Trevino was going to turn out. We just knew that at the start of the season when Higgy was absolutely dog shit, that we're like, damn, we need another catcher. But obviously, right now, Wilson Contreras is easily the best offensive catcher in baseball. And then he also has that World Series experience and the postseason experience. So, you know, that's something that obviously 
any team would love to have more of. Um, and then obviously, you know, having the chemistry with Rizzo already, you know, he'd probably be great for the clubhouse. Um, but that's the one thing is, does the front office say, hey, do we need to upgrade our catcher? Or do you think Torino can hold his own all the way throughout October? Yeah. Um, if, as far as I know, Trevino, does he have any playoff experience? No, I don't think he so. Does no. he does so not. So it's definitely something to think about. For sure. Um, and if Higgy has he, I'd love to see his average in the postseason. Can't imagine it'd be more than a 150. <laughs> Honestly, so, the, the only the only game that I remember Higgy playing in the postseason is uh is the wild card game last year because he, yeah, he started cold, that because because at that time he was Cole's personal pitcher. Right. So they they sat mm-hmm. San, they sat Gary Sanchez in that game, which might have been a mistake. Maybe. Believe it or not, maybe because the offense. Maybe for that was... one instance, but uh, something to think about. Some good points. And then, uh... I mean, I would definitely. I've always been high on the Contreras thing. I still think it should happen for exactly what we mentioned—the playoff experience, the World Series experience. Yeah, Trevino's great. I love him, but he doesn't have that playoff experience. Who knows how he'll perform when October hits? Is he going to be the same? We know, I'm pretty sure his defense will be there, but Contreras will bring that experience, the offensive firepower. I still think we need to go after a catcher and we need to get Higgy off this fucking roster because him and Gallo are both on pace for the worst batting averages in MLB history. So we need them off this team expeditiously yeah and then you know i have a couple more names here it's all it's all pitchers but honestly like you know the more and more i thought about it, it's like you know i got to see chapman the other night in somerset looked pretty good he pitched in scran tonight and again he looked pretty damn good um so that's a good sign lawiska's obviously throwing bullpens uh britain threw a bullpen you know a couple weeks ago um, he hasn't done – I haven't heard anything since that he's done anything else. Um, but obviously, you know, you, you can never have enough pitching. I mean, pitching goes a long way in the postseason. Guys get tired. You need arms, whatever. Um, you know, if you look for another starter, I mean, Phil, Philadelphia's kind of screwed. You know, they lost, they lost Bryce Harper. You know, who knows how long. He was mad. Like, he was really mad when, uh, when he got thrown up and in. And, you know, it's not Blake Snell's fault. You know, he wasn't obviously intentionally trying to hit him. At least we don't think he was. Um, but Kyle, Kyle Gibson is like a name that's just like, you know, he only has one game of postseason experience. And unfortunately, that's with the Twins. Um, and the Twins suck in the playoffs. So it really doesn't give it up. But he's good enough as a veteran that like, if you don't want to go out there and get a big name and you just want to get somebody who's, going to be a free agent at the end of the year. That's not going to cost you like anything at all. You know, Cashman could wind up going that route of like him or, you know, like Madison Bonegarter, someone like that. Someone that's just a veteran. That's not going to cost you anything. Then, you know, the other two pitches I have on here are both relievers. Uh, obviously David Bednar. We talk about him all the time. Probably one of the best relievers in baseball right now. Again, he's on the pirates. Um, if you, <laughs> If Brian Cashman gets in, 
that's like the icing on the on the cake of a great trade deadline. Like he wouldn't be the only move that happens, but like that would be the guy that would be like, all right, this bullpen stacked. Our starters could go like five innings, and then we have five guys in that bullpen that all throw a hundred mile an hour sinkers that run twenty inches, and we're lit. Like we have nothing to worry about. Uh, and then the other one, uh, Yankee fans are gonna remember this from 2016, but uh, Michael Fulmer. Mm, he, yeah, I heard he was uh, uh, definitely in talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't ever think this was going to – I mean, obviously Detroit's not good, but I didn't think that his name was going to be available. But uh, he kind of, like, rejuvenated his career over there. You know, was a starter at first, won the rookie of the year. He beat out Gary Sanchez in 2016. Then he got hurt. And then he was never the same as, like, a starter again. Like, he couldn't, he couldn't go. They moved him into the bullpen. And he's been great, but it's like no one really talks about him as like a big trade target, but he is available. And I'm just wondering, like, you know, not that not that I remember any trades that like the Yankees really make with Detroit often. But like if Cashman was the call, I wonder, like, I wonder what the asking price would be for a guy like Fulmer, because he's not going to step into your closer role. Like he's not better than. He's not better than Clay. He's not better than like a little wise guy, you know, but you know, if you give him like a chance in like a you know, six, eight, seventh inning role, you know, maybe. And if the price is right, I mean, you might as well. Like really, if the Yankees are going to make any pitching moves, you know, they might add a six starter, but the bullpen is definitely going to be something that they just keep doing. And, uh, you know, I mean, Brian Cashman does it every year. He always brings in another reliever because, you know, those guys get tired someone gets hurt, you know, whatever, whatever. I mean, we've seen already, we haven't had a big blow, which is awesome. I mean, it's late almost. Oh, my God, both of you guys (laughs) mentioned it. What the fuck? No, but I'm just saying, I I never say anything about, like, anyone. I swear, the next person that gets hurt, I'm fucking both of (laughs) y'all. I'm dead. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, you can never have enough. We'll just end it on this. You can never, ever have enough pitching, whether it's starters or relievers, you know, Brian Cashman, the off, the offense is fine. The only person that I really want to see go is Joey Gallo. That's like, I was so happy when he came last year. I really thought I was like, all right, left-handed bat. We really need lefties bad. All he has to do is hit the ball and pull it. And it's a home run. And he could barely do that. So, you know, it's, it's already time. Like, I mean, this is like the, he was the guy who was like, he had the shortest leech of any Yankee player ever acquired. I think he was like that guy that was like, all right, you just flat out suck. Like you can't handle New York. And it sucks because I guarantee you as soon as he goes to another team, he's going to be exactly like the player that he was in Texas at 800 plus OPS guy who hits dingers, and then once this whole shift thing is over, he's going to be completely fine. As long as he hits the ball, he'll be a 250, 260 hitter. Because, you know, you could see the frustration build up every time he's in the shift and he hits the ball right to that guy (laughs) in short right, and he's just like, what do I have to do? If he makes contact with the fucking ball. Exactly, exactly, yeah. He's not doing the same. That's once in a blue. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, um, one thing I wanted to touch on, um, 
just a couple roster moves. Uh, keep it brief. Uh, ben Walos was optioned, I think, was it today or last night? Today. I don't know. Today. today. And then Schmidt was um, sent down at AAA. I was just going to see if you guys had any input on those moves. Ben Walos, I, I mean, <laughs> Ben Walos, I mean, Ben Walos, he was a blowout arm. When we were up 10, 11 runs, nine runs, that's when you use Banuelos to eat up innings. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that, that that didn't really, like, peak managers, I didn't really care. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. But Clark Schmidt, I was kind of surprised because I think he's been okay. But I do think that he needs to work on some things. So I think this trip down will help him refine those tools and he'll come up a better pitcher. But he's definitely coming back to the big yeah. league roster soon, for sure. He's not staying down there long. Yeah, I'm surprised that Clark got dropped over Marinaccio. Not because of any stats <laughs> or anything, just due to the fact that, like, seniority. I feel like the Yankees have shown that, like, the players who have been in the bigs longer, you know, who have, uh, you know, have more of like a, a roster spot um, have been the one staying up. Obviously I love Clark Schmidt. You guys obviously know that, you know, I've always been big on him ever since, you know, he started in the farm system. Um, you know, he made that play in Chicago or against Chicago, you know, that turned the double play. That was obviously huge for the Yankees in that game. Um and yeah, I mean, this isn't the end. I mean, I, at least I don't think it is. You never, you really never know. He could go to AAA. He could dominate down there for a little bit. And you never know. I mean, you know, at this time, like, I mean, it's coming up on July. You you never know. You know, you could think your job is safe and all of a sudden, damn, you could be going to the other side of the country. So it's like, I love Clark. I'd probably, I'd probably shed a few tears if, uh, if he gets traded. But if that means that, you know, he's getting the chance to start games and everything like that, I think he has the potential to get there. Like we said, he did start that one game. What it was it against Tampa and went like uh, three innings or whatever? He looked, solid. De- he looked decent. Yeah. That's the one thing that I think he needs to work on is like the length because of how long he's been bouncing back and forth between the Yankees in AAA and major leagues and them knowing that, oh, He's a bullpen P for us. If he winds up going to another team, they might want him as that starter. You know, and, you know, I'm just waiting to find out because I'm going to Scranton on Saturday for the next stop on my minor league tour. I want to know who I'm going to see pitch because it's probably not going to be Sears being that, you know, today's Tuesday, he's going back. But you never know. It could be him. Could be your boy. Could be Schmidt. It could, could be, be Baldy. Yeah. Like it could be Winnesse. I mean, there's so many names that could get thrown out there in AAA right now. Um, and you know, I don't care. I mean, there's even this one other guy that they have. And bro, I can't I can't even think of his name right now, but I, I was looking at the roster the other day. His name starts with an S. And I don't know why I can't think of it. Shrook or Shook or something like five innings, no hits. He literally was absolutely unhittable. And I'd never heard his name before in my life. Because he's not he's on he's, the rail riders. He's on the rail riders. And, and his I last think, name starts with an S? 
I think so, yeah. And he's a pitcher. Is it Sean Semple? Because him and Schmidt are the only ones that start with an S. Yeah, that don't ring a bell. Yeah. They really don't ring a bell, Tim. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, he was nice. He low-key, honestly, was nice. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I've never been to Scranton before. Um, so this is the first time. You know, obviously, I know. I've seen Andujar a bunch of times. I've seen Florio a decent amount of times. But, you know, Peraz is going to be there. And, you know, I hope I I hope I see – like, Walter Chuck's the guy I want to see pitch on Saturday, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, that that's that's our guy. That's the number one, number one ranked pitcher in our in our farm. You know, he was in he was in single A last year, double A at the start of this year. Now he's in triple A, and he only has that one more step. I just want to see him pitch. Like that's it. I've literally already told my boss that if he makes it to the the major league roster this season, that I don't care if I'm working, I'm not showing up. Like I'm I'm gonna be in the Bronx rooting for that guy and probably have his jersey custom made on the spot so i could be like yeah look that that's my guy ken waldy um <laughs> I, I might i might have to consider a jp sears jersey now though too my uh my love my love for left-handers as i am uh one myself um we are very much holding our own this season you know the le- the lefties are looking pretty good uh honestly if i'm if i'm monty like monty's been great for us but if I'm Monty, I'm kind of scared right now. Like Monty, even Nestor, because Nestor had the hottest start. It's kind of cooled off a little bit. You know, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's the innings because he's never, this is the most innings that Nestor has pitched in his entire career. So you, you know that there was going to be fatigue at some point. But the way these other guys are starting to look in the minors who are all lefties, you got to be on your toes. You got to be on your toes because you never know what might happen. You know, honestly, you know, not that the Yankees are going to shake anything up crazy on the major league roster besides like Gallo and maybe Higgy. I, it wouldn't come to a full shock if there was somebody in the starting rotation right now that gets moved. I wouldn't be I would like it wouldn't be it wouldn't be mind blown if unless it's Kohler unless it's like Kohler Sebi. I think it would probably be most likely Monty. Monty. Monty most maybe. likely. Yeah, it'd still be mind blowing if anybody got moved. I don't right, know. Right, right, right. I don't see us fucking with that rotation because they've I, been good. I, I don't either, unless it's like a like again the Castillo move. That would be the only way. Because then if you get cast, like Gallo has no trade value. So someone, someone big has to go back with Gallo wherever he's going. If you're going to get something out of it. Because I don't, I don't think there's any other 29 team that could really look me in the eye and say that they want Joey Gallo <laughs> on their team. Yeah, no. <laughs> there's just I, no way. I don't see it. Most triple A teams wouldn't want him. I feel yeah, like. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, the pod, the Padres make the most sense because they need an outfielder. But I'm gonna say this right now: I don't even know who the Padres GM is. But uh, if you trade for Joey Gallo, just know this podcast is making a post about you right the way and putting a clown mask right over yeah, your face. Yeah, AJ Preller, watch your back. AJ Preller. AJ Preller. I will buy it. 
<laughs> I will buy season tickets to a Padres game. <laughs> well, it's a Padres game. It's just shit on Gallo for the rest of my life. Yeah, I mean, just think it would be uh, Joey Gallo and Luke Voigt. Yeah. Jesus. Two Yankee castaways. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved Luke Voigt when he first came, but it was time to go, man. So thank God. Especially with thank Rizzo. God. It's really just. Yeah, there was no, there was no, there was no comparison. There was no competition. There was no competition there. Uh, That's all I have for the list. There was one other guy who was a former Yankee that I kind of saw. Don't fucking mention him. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's not, it's not who you think. It's not who you think. Wow. Uh, Who are you thinking? Brandon Drury. Okay, I thought he was going to say Drury. She was thinking Drury. Dude, Brandon Drury is having like a a breakout season for the Reds. Mm-hmm. This man, this man, I think he has like 16 home runs, bro, which is already like a career high for him. But I mean, I, I'll never forget him in New York. Cause it was a it was brutal, bro. He was like like that was a team where it was like Brandon Drury at third and uh Casey McGee and Lyle Overbay at first and Kevin Euclid. Wow. And, Wow. That was that team. That was that team. Nah, that I don't, I don't before think my Drury voice dropped. was on that team. I think he was. He might have. Nah, Drury was late and was way after Eucalyptus and yeah, Overbay yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, he was Overbay is like he was 28. Overbay wow. is before mm-hmm. the World Series, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Overbay is uh, a long time ago. I feel over, like. Overbay yeah. was uh I think Overbay was Cano's last year. Cano's last year, I think, was 2012. And uh Wow, what a! I mean, I'll never. I, I don't forget it because yep, you're right. Any, it was it was 2013. Any time that I think of that team, the only play that I can think of is the ridiculous triple play against Baltimore, where they were throwing the ball around the entire field, <laughs> and I, I don't even know how they. I don't even know how they did it, because it was like, brother, like I don't know how someone that's a stab person could have even kept up with all the throws. Because they were just throwing the ball around everywhere, and they somehow came out with three outs. Yeah, I still don't understand that triple play. That yeah, was that, ridiculous. That team was ugly, bro. Like that team was really ugly. And that's the thing. Like when when we talk about like, you know, Chris saying in the group chat, like when they give up a run, that he's pessimistic. He, he's got to go his hands up. It's yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got he's got to go back and watch that team because I mean I know. I, we used to watch 2016 footage yeah. and like Starlin Castro was our best player. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he needs Starling to go on. Castro. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And that team was bad too. I mean, you had Starlin, you had Matt, Matt, Matt Holiday at that the end of his career. Bad. Bro, who was our Just starting Kobe team? Ellsbury. Right. CC Sabathia was on was, the was, was like Chase Headley. Was Chase, was Chase Headley there yet or was that 2017? He was. He was. Or did we pick yeah, him up at the deadline? I remember his big hit was, I think God. it was 16. Those those years were so his, scary. That's that why I still think, like, bro, 2017 was crazy. Like, Yeah, it was a team, big, big step our, up. Our team was so – like, how did we come one game from the World Series? We came close. We came closer with that team than any of the teams that we have in the <laughs> I last – I know how. We played the Twins seasons. in the first round. No, I know. I know. I know. I know. We played it, them in the wild card, and then we played – no, we played the A's in the wild card. Oh, 2017. That was yeah. uh that was the Urban Wait, Santana. No. 2017 yes. was the Urban Santana. Sevy gave up the three runs and Didi hit the oh, right. home run. 
And then uh, Didi. I miss Didi. Oh, Cle- how could we forget Cleveland? We literally right. played Cleveland. Right, right, right. Yes. And, we right. Went, and we went down 2-0, and then we came back. Greg, Greg Bird. Oh, Greg Bird. Uh, I'm going to see Greg Bird on Saturday. That's going to be so – that's, that's a flashback, bro. Like, Greg Bird, bro. Like, he yeah. was supposed he was supposed to be the next big thing. And it just – like, after that year, it just never worked out. Like, he, he, he like, broke his ankle or something. And then, uh, you know, he bounced around a couple teams. And now he's back. He's never going to get a chance, though. Because Rizzo nah. – Fuck no. So Rizzo, 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 yeah, Rizzo, Rizzo plays 150 games a year. Rizzo is 100% like one of the most healthy players in MLB. The, the, the man is like crazy, bro. Like he's not like he's not <laughs> Mike, you got anything to say about that? <laughs> no, he's not, I'm, he's I'm not just jacked. Say shit, you bro, I, I, I just I love it. I swear somebody. I swear. I swear to God, somebody's gonna get hurt tomorrow soon, <laughs> and I'm gonna fuck both of you up. Unless it's like, unless it's like Aaron Hicks, then you might be cheering. Yeah. No, nah, if, if it's Joe, if it's Joey Gallo, no, 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 it can't be Joey Gallo because then Joey Gallo becomes completely untradeable if he hits the yeah. IL. Then oh, no yeah. one, then fuck no it. one. Let him get a season-ending injury. I won't no, give no, a no, shit. No, because no, then if we win, because the then he's a free no, agent. No. I don't give a fuck. But then if we if we win the World Series, he still gets a ring. I don't want that man to have a ring, bro. He, fuck it. He Melt doesn't it. be like it got lost in delivery. That's it. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. He'll come back to visit the Bronx. He'll be like, "Yo, where's my ring?" And they're like, "Cashman will be Cash, Cashman will be like, oh, I didn't order you one." <laughs> what you do exactly that you deserve it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, no way. Uh yeah, let's move on. That's it though. I mean, Brandon Jury could honestly there I mean there's really nowhere for him to fit. I just thought it was interesting because like I saw his name pop up and then I was like, is he really like that big? Because I mean it was all over the place, like multiple sport channels had his name on their articles, and I was like what is he doing over there? Yeah, and I stats. saw the yeah. stats and like doing the good. stats, the stats are good. Like the stats are really up there. And I was, yeah, I was he's playing really well. I was surprised. Yeah. And especially for a team that's struggling, that doesn't have much momentum or optimism at all. You know, he's just going out there and doing what a baseball player right. should do and just yeah. giving it his best, challenging think, himself, having the, good ideas. The, the only other name that I thought was interesting was uh from the Reds was Joey Votto. And I see that he's been linked to the Boston Red Sox. No, nah, I think Votto's a red for life. I think he is too. I think I think so too. I don't think they can do him like that. But then again, the Reds aren't contending. And I would love, love to see Joey Votto get back in the postseason. Not that I want to see the Red Sox in the postseason, but the way things are looking in the AL, we're getting those, we're getting four teams out of the East because yeah. there's really there's really no other competition. Like you might get the Twins and the Guardians out of the Central. I think the White Sox are done. They're 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 like what we were last year. I feel like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. They they took a real. I mean, obviously injuries hurt, yeah. but uh, they took a real step back. Like I mean, yeah. Tim Anderson's still doing his thing, kind of. But everyone I mean, else, have, we saw Pollock get rake. Right, right, right. Pollock yeah, yeah, is yeah. a great addition. Let me ask you guys, who do you want to come in second for the AL East? I don't care. 
Uh, I, yeah, I don't. I really don't give a shit. I really don't. Tough question. Honestly, I mean, if you think about it, like we play the worst seeds, so it's like you got the two buys, which as of right now would be us and the Astros. It's a season ended today. Third seed, you know, third through six, it just goes based off record, I think. You know, pretty much. No, and, three well, is the three is still, central. Three would still be the central, yeah. Which, and then the three wild honestly, cards. The way the way the things are looking, the twins are probably gonna get that. You know, uh, you know, I think they're I think they get I think they get Frankie Montas. Honestly, yeah, because I, uh the 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 way it's looking is like there there's a lot of contenders that don't want to give up their top prospect. And that's that's what the A's want. They literally for Montas, they literally want someone's number one prospect. And knowing that the twins have Correa and is not having like the best year, he's totally gonna opt in again for next year. No matter what. Unless he has like the most insane second half where he thinks he could go get more money. Uh but Royce Lewis. I think he's going to wind up heading back to Oakland. Obviously with more, it's not just going to take him. But uh yeah, yeah. The Twins are going to acquire that's that's like my prediction. It's not it's not like my hot take that we're doing later for the Yankees, but it's my prediction is that Frankie Montas becomes a Twin. Um and because they'll have him and then you know they have Sonny Gray, you know Joe Ryan's going to be coming back soon. Um they'll win that central because their bats are just better than Cleveland's overall, like as a whole team. Um, and then, you know, obviously Boston, Toronto, and Tampa probably all make the playoffs. Um, the way it goes, I don't really care. I think Tampa's fourth place. I think so, too. I don't, I don't, I don't see them I – don't, I don't see them going as far as they have in the past. I just – there's something – Tyler Glass now is such a big piece to that rotation that they instantly lost like another 15 to 20 games not having him there. And uh, not having Brandon Lau really hurt that team. Like, obviously, you know, Paredes got a shot and, you know, obviously other guys did. But not having that big lefty bat who, you know, he usually hits about like 280, 290, and he hit – you know, almost 40 homers last year. That's a big piece to miss when the only other lefty really in that lineup now is uh, Franco. And at that, Franco's a switch. So not having Brandon Lau hurt, hurts that team. And then uh, the Blue Jays, honestly, I think right now, if the Red Sox go get an arm, I think the Red Sox finish second. The only way I see Toronto finishing second, they got to get some balance in that lineup. They are yeah. one one through nine. They are right-handed. They are literally the Yankees of a year and a half ago. And that lineup is also very top-heavy. Absolutely, they need. Like they, you have. They're going to be the. I think they're going to be the hardest I on uh, on Ben Attendee. Yeah. And I think because because of how loaded they are at catcher, like no one expected Kirk to be this good. Moreno's here. Danny Jansen's gone. So I think Danny yeah, Jansen, Danny he, Jansen, he Danny Jansen, he, he's like, bro, like he got hurt and he comes back and he's just like, what the fuck happened? 
if not for him getting hurt, Kirk wouldn't have gotten those ABs early yeah, in this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, right. So, I mean, Danny Jan- I don't think Danny Jansen is going to go necessarily back to KC because obviously Salvador Perez and MJ Melendez is there, their top prospect who's a catcher. But, dude, the Blue Jays can flip Danny Jansen for realistically whatever they want because he's still good and – a lot of teams need a catcher. Oh yeah, you know they're and contenders too. I think uh, I don't think they would want to send him to an AL team, but obviously, like um, the Astros really need an offensive catcher. Like Maldonado is great behind the plate, but uh, and he doesn't hit. You know, I don't even know who their backup is, so that that goes to show that he doesn't do anything either. Oh, yeah. match Jason Castro. He's hitting like. Point zero eight something. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there's there's some big big names out there that have like that are on contenders that don't have a spot on their own team. Maybe the Blue Jays keep him around because I I doubt Moreno is going to be around for the playoffs. That that's my take. Unless unless he goes crazy, he won't be around for the playoffs. They'll they'll keep Jansen maybe and have him platoon with Kirk in the playoffs, you know, but I, I don't know. It, this, this next month or so, like obviously the next two weeks is crucial. You know, we're, we're, we're on the brink of July. You know, we have the one game against Oakland tomorrow. Then we have the one game in Houston, which is freaking stupid. I think it's Cole Verlander. So that's going to be a really good game. Um, I think you, they were actually talking about not to cut you off, Ian. I think they actually did switch up the rotation. It's not going to be Cole Verlander. Yeah, because of inserting it's going to be it's going to be Sevy and whoever Houston throws, but okay. it's not going to be Verlander. Right and then we got Cleveland. They actually literally just mentioned it at the end of the game. Right, we got Cle- tonight. Who do we have? We have Cleveland. It's going to be Sevy. Yep. Yeah. And then who do we have after? We got Cleveland. I know we got Cincy, Cincy before the break for two, and I think that's at home. We see Boston. I know we see Boston. Oh, we up see Pittsburgh. Oh. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Boston, then Cincy, and Cleveland through Boston is away. Oh damn! So damn, we're damn. gonna have a yeah, yeah. tough stretch. Cle- Cleveland, Pitt- Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. Not worried about. I'm worried about Cleveland for the fact that Jose Ramirez might take us for like eight RBIs in the game and we still win. <laughs> uh, but Pittsburgh, I'm not worried about. Maybe I'm worried about O'Neal Cruz throwing like 100 miles an hour from shortstop and hitting someone in the head. <laughs> Boston. But Tyone is pitching in Pittsburgh. Oh, that's nice. nice. That's so nice. he'll be really comfortable there. Hell yeah. He's going to know hit Pittsburgh. I'd be so happy. I Honestly, if there's anyone in this rotation that I want to see a no-hitter, it's Tyone. Yeah. Just because of every – bro, his story is so crazy of, like, everything that he's gone through in his career. The multiple Tommy Johns, right. cancer, all this crazy shit. And, you know, now he's on the Yankees and, like, he's pitching great. Killing it. Yeah. But, yeah, wow. Bro, that Cincy series might actually be kind of fun to go to. Because they're going to – Yeah. It's going to be maybe maybe maybe, maybe that's where uh, that's where we trade for Castillo. He comes, to New, awesome. he comes to New York, 
and we're just like, yeah, and bro, they're like, just, don't leave. Just yeah, just be like, yo. That scene in, in Moneyball. Like, yeah, I don't, walk, walk, I don't want anything against me tonight. Yeah. Why don't you just send be like, well, walk into the other dugout, buddy. Here's your here's your jersey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, damn, he wear he wears number fifty eight. There's no one wearing number fifty eight on the Yankees, right? No. So. No. So we already we already got his jersey made. He's good to go. <laughs> Cashman, that game and yeah. that one game in Houston is bizarre. I've never seen um, it. It's, it's, it's a makeup. makeup. It's that is stupid it? makeup because uh, Rob Manfred couldn't get a deal done in time <laughs> to start the season yeah. on time. That fucking, oh, that, that yeah, that fucking clown. Okay, bro. he's worse than bro. It, it's so crazy to say because like Seelig was ter- a terrible commissioner too. Rob Manfred is worse. Who's the worst commissioner? Manfred or Goodell? <laughs> Honestly, Dude. I think I think it's Manfred. Probably Manfred. I yeah. really think it's Manfred. It's I, tight, I, but, uh, yeah. I don't really get mad at Goodell, bro. I don't know. Like a lot of people don't like him in the NFL. I don't. I don't see what's wrong with him, bro. I really, really don't. Yeah, I feel you know? the same way. I was like, let me see um, if you guys have some opinions on Goodell. Yeah, and I, I know we're going to go into buy or sell in a minute, but just because I'm looking at the schedule and, like, obviously, you know, the all-star game and everything. And then once the all-star break is over, we go right back to Houston for those two other games to make up. But uh, Which is so fucking stupid. <laughs> do, let's just say the home run derby is that Monday, and it's in L.A. Do you think any Yankee goes and competes? Indeed. Because uh, I don't think so. I really – No. Like I, I don't I don't want them to. You're talking Honestly, about the home run derby or the home run derby. Do you think any the Yankee participants? I, would I want. hope not. I really yeah. hope not. I no, want... the only one I want to participate is Stanton. Can we have Gallo because... participate again? <laughs> I can't that'll be that'll be like Gallo's last hurrah as the Yankee is like yeah. oh a first <laughs> round a first round exit in the twenty twenty two home run derby. Yeah, he he did the same thing, bro. He was, he played in Colorado last year. He did the home run derby. I think he had like three home runs. Like how, bro? You're in Colorado. The ball flies. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? And Vladdy was like hitting the scoreboard multiple yeah, times yeah, yeah. in a row. I mean, right. Yeah, Vladdy was hitting the scoreboard. Alonzo was high. Like you could literally tell. I mean, the dude's eyes were. Yeah. I don't even know, bro. They were so red. It was insane. Um, but now, if I had to pick one person that I want to really see in the home run derby this year, it's Rafael Devers. Yeah. There's just there's just something about like I think Devers and Alvarez are locks for the home run derby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. And it, it's gonna be hard for uh, cause I know like Mookie Betts was that potential guy for LA to have like a home representative. Now he has that fractured rib. I mean obviously they could put I mean they have people all over the place so they could put whoever they want. Um but it's just like Mookie would have been sick to actually see. Um I don't know who else I would want to see from that team in the home run derby bro. I I really don't want to see Freddie. Like not not to be I was I'd want to see Bellinger. I again? love Bellinger's You swing. want to see Bellinger again? Yeah. Yeah, Bellinger has an amazing swing, honestly. It's just when he gets it going. 
but his swing is perfect. I was going to say maybe like JT. Cause I feel like JT's on his way out. I had the home nah, run derby to lose. He, I don't know. Him, maybe Will, Will Smith. That really makes sense for him. No, I know. I don't gonna, think that makes sense for the JT. The thing is, is they, they wanted Mookie Betts because he's still the biggest name out there in L.A. So I feel like they're somehow just going to say, Freddie, you have to do this. <laughs> Nah. Just, just to draw the attention. It would be lame. I, know, I, I could see <laughs> it. You know, yeah. Either Otani, Otani or Trout are a hundred percent going to be in it, and I, I honestly, I doubt it's going to be Trout. Honestly, I, I don't know if Otani does it again because he struggled after the home run derby last year. Yeah, no, honestly, did, yeah, his numbers took a slight dip. Yeah. That's You're, why I don't want to see Judge do it because when yeah, Judge did it, and he's won already. Judge already won. Exactly. Alonzo's one hundred percent. Alonzo's one hundred percent doing it because he wants to three P. He already said that. So if he gets asked to do it, you already know that's a yes. So I, I would say right now, Alonzo definitely going to be in it. You're Don. Um, Devers, I want to see. Paul Goldschmidt. Think that's a really good one. Uh, Jazz Chisholm mm. would be another yeah. guy. I don't know. I feel like not that he's like the craziest power hitter, but he would pimp the shit out of every <laughs> single home run he hits in the derby. Um, and then obviously whoever you get from LA, that's four for the National League. You need two others for the American League. I think you get. Byron Buxton from the Twins. Get someone to represent the the AL Central. And then you either get someone from LA, Trout, or Otani. And if you don't do that, you put Vladdy back in again if he wants to do it. It's it's really it. It's really – it's kind of hard, honestly, to choose like home run derby people because there are so many guys that just don't want to do it. Honestly, I would love to see Stanton in a home run derby again. Maybe that'll help him yeah. find his groove. Because yeah. when he's when he competed in Miami, that was when he had his MVP season. Right. And when he had that MVP year, that's, that home run derby helped him find his swing. And then right. he was a fucking monster in the second half. Yeah, right. keep so in mind the second half last year. That again. Second half last year was beast yeah if he had if like he matched his first half with his second half he was in running for mvp last year i would say mm-hmm. uh-huh absolutely he and, just uh, needs to get it going one more thing too before we hit this buyer so i wish like it would be really cool if the mlb would do more things during all-star week obviously they don't have a lot of time but like that monday they could do a ton of things bro they they could do more than just a home run derby you do like a I don't know, like maybe like a, a fastest pitch or like, you know, fastest runner, like first to third or first to home. Um, outfield throw. Outfield throw. Like, like, you know, yeah. who can throw the far, like who could get it there the quickest from like uh, right field to third or, you know, whatever. You know, give it a little more because like, you know, they're so behind everything. Like baseball is still so behind everything else. They're behind NBA, behind the NFL, you know, they're not behind the NHL necessarily, but like the NHL even have more things during their all-star weekend. Um, it's just like I think baseball. this is the year we pass the NBA because the NBA sucked this year. Yeah. And baseball is good. 
Yeah, I think with MLB though, I think less is more. Cause you yeah, see thanks. like the NBA, the dunk contest is like right. It's not as good as it's not as good as the three point <laughs> yeah. the three point shootout is like yeah. Okay, Steph Curry's gonna win. Whatever the fuck, but, who cares? But that, that's what you. That's what you see in this, bro. Like you see in like these All Star games, and it's any league. You know, there's a lot of guys that don't want to do it because they don't care. They really there's just, no incentive they, behind doing exactly, it. Exactly, they don't care. And that's the thing about like the All Star game in baseball now. It doesn't mean anything like it used to. Like when we were kids growing up, dude, you had to play. Because if your team was in contention, you want to win that game because then that's how you got home field advantage in the World Series was winning that game. Now it's just based off whoever has a better record. That's really? how you get it. That's how you get it. Yeah. 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 Also, oh, yeah. when they changed that. The All-Star game means nothing. Anyway. A few years ago, I think. Mm. I, think I, I honestly I thought it was think Jeter's like last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Jeter's last think, All-Star think, game I think was that, the one. That year in Target Field, I think, was the last year that it meant mm. something. And then, after, and then after that, that's it. But yeah, I think they need to go back to it. I think that's what's going to make the All Star game more fun to watch again. Yeah. Like guys don't really care about, it, so like they don't, they don't care, they don't care if they win All Star game MVP or anything like that. They're just there, and they're just like whatever. They're like, bet Max Scherzer threw a ninety-six mile an hour fastball, to Aaron Judge down the middle. I mean, come on. In a real game, Scherzer's not letting Judge try to hit at all. He's going to be dotting the corners like everyone else and throwing, you know, 90-mile-an-hour change-ups at his fucking ankles and getting cold strikes. So, but, uh, yeah, let's go into buy or sell. If uh, Jack and Mikey, you guys obviously are going to take control of that, I'll kind of just take a little breather and relax. <laughs> all right. Um, so, hmm, who do I want to start with? And when you say buy or sell, you mean like players on our, our active roster for, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And it could be minors too. It can be. Yeah. Whatever you want. It definitely can be. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So first person that hasn't really been talked about that I would, consider consider selling is Michael King and the reason for that is that he's fallen off a little bit um he started off really hot but um lately he his stuff is off it seems like his sinker is just seeing way too much of the plate um and again he had a great start he can be a starting pitcher, but I don't know. Something about King lately is is a little concerning. So, Mikey, what do you have to say? So, basically, you're saying that there's a possibility, well, in your eyes, that we could trade Michael King. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I don't. Okay. Okay. Wow. I, I mean, I think that's very. I would definitely sell that in a heartbeat. I don't think there's any way that he goes anywhere. He's still mm. one of the best relievers in baseball. But it's just like everybody. Like, you see Clay Holmes has had a few, not to say really, like, shaky, but he's not that unhittable 
Like, everybody's going to get touched every once in a blue. They're not going to be completely dominant throughout the year. I think this is just where our guy, people are starting to figure it out a little more. So we're going to have to have these guys like King, Holmes. They're going to have to really fine-tune and try and work something other than that sinker because guys are going to start going up there. Okay, he throws a sinker 95% of the time, so let's sit sinker. Like, they're going to have to try and incorporate change-up sliders, something else. Like, you see, for tonight, perfect example, Elvis, Elvis Andrews knew that the sinkers were coming, so he was just sitting on them. Then he threw that slider. He was ready. That hanging slider, he just took it right up the middle, base hit, run scored. But then Holmes settled in, he got the final out. So I don't know. I don't. I definitely don't think that King would be the reliever to go. So yeah, I don't know. obviously, but I definitely do see a reliever going. Yeah. It, if I can introduce, I know I wasn't gonna say anything, but I, I didn't expect Michael King's name to come up. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> me either. I was like, oh shit. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, like in the last couple of weeks, like I feel like King's turning into like the new Chad Green. Where he's not, bro. He's he's not mixing his pitches when he comes out there. He's throwing sinker slider. He's predictable. He's yeah yeah yeah. He's throwing sinker slider like green throws fastball slider, and it's yeah. so easy to tell. It is so easy to tell. And like I said, when he's behind, he's leaving them right over the plate, and that's concerning. Right. Obviously, it's not irreparable. You know, King is a great athlete and is determined to get better. Um, it's just like Mikey said, we're, we're pretty well into the season. Now there's been more than enough film, more than enough stats to analyze. And people might just be figuring out King a little bit and he just needs to make that adjustment. That being said, man, he is struggling a little bit lately. So it is concerning. Um, but you know, he, he, there's still potential to turn it around. Mikey, you got anyone? Um, let me see. Let me think of something. So I like the King one. That was wild. Yeah, I knew yeah, that's we, insane. Start, so, we, start, we started off with a bang. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I can't top that one. Holy <laughs> fuck. Um, I don't know. Let me think of something. Well, it's going to be predictable, but whatever. Fuck it. Um, do you buy or sell that Aaron Boone finally stops sucking off Joey Gallo and benches him before the All-Star break and he loses his starting spot entirely? Buying. I think what Boone is doing is he's giving himself more and, and the front office more reasons to get rid of Gallo. Um, he's, I think what the strategy is, I think he's just throwing him out there early when it doesn't matter only because we're doing so well. I just think that he's using Gallo as, hmm, okay. And I read something on Twitter that this wasn't my take, but seeing the Astros celebrate on the field probably indicated to the front office that we might be down at bat. Um, and yeah, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely buying that, that Boone is going to just 
cut them off and be like, no, this, this is enough. But I don't know what exactly it's going to take for him to do that because he's just been terrible all around. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely uh, a good point. You know, when does Boone say enough is enough? This guy sucks. He's not producing. We need to move on. Um, I think it'll like be how soon. many over four for four with four strikeouts do we need? Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think, I think it's just what's the word? It's just kind of uh, closure for, for Aaron Boone in the front office, seeing him do so poorly right now. Um, so that, hey, when it's crunch time, August, September, we don't have to worry about this guy. You know, he's proven to, he's proven to everybody that he's not a reliable option to have in the October lineup. So, yes, I think, I think Boone is going to say enough is enough soon. Very, very soon within the next coming weeks. Yeah, when he says that, there's going to be a loud banging noise from the dugout. You're going to see a bald ass Brett Gardner pop out of the dugout. Oh, man. Wouldn't that I be such that, a twist? Wouldn't, Wouldn't that, that be, be awesome? Honestly, the way things are going, and like, obviously, I mean, we haven't heard anything from Gardner, nothing at all. Mm-hmm. But like, imagine they just like, like, I mean, I think people start forgetting about him just because of how good the team has been and everything. Yeah. Like the, ca- the casual fan is just like, oh, Gardner, like, whatever. Like, he's in the past. Like, no one's remembering. But, like, imagine if, like, just out of the blue, they, it says the Yankees signed Gardner for the remainder of the year to, like, a one-year, whatever, million-dollar deal it is. And he comes back just to be in that dugout just to try to get him that ring just so that then he can ride off and say, all right, I was there. They did it. I got my ring. I'm good to go. But the thing is, he could still play. Like, not to the level yeah. that – Doesn't Gardy have one already? He doesn't. Well, yeah. Gardy around in 09? He does in 09, He could yeah. start and end with a ring, and that would be awesome. Right. be great. I mean, like, honestly, even I, if I would we still bring him back. on to the coaching staff – like I think Gardy just needs to be around that's, the organization. That's what I that's what I thought they were gonna do. Yeah. But he's and I think that's what they might do in the future. He's just not ready to give up on playing. He still yeah. thinks he has that in him. And I mean, you know, I wasn't ready to give up on him, honestly. Like when the season was starting, I was kind of bummed. I was like, damn, like, you know, Gardy's that veteran presence. You know, he has the World Series ring in New York. He's the only one in that clubhouse that has it. You know, and uh it would be wild if all of a sudden, like, July comes, August comes, and it's like we trade Gallo, and then it's like instead of trading for someone else, you just hear Yankee sign Brett Gardner. I think, fa- honestly. It's feasible. I think, I think fans would honestly be very happy if they saw Brett Gardner back in the Yankee jersey. Yeah. I think that, watching I think, them I think last fan, year. I though. think fans would be all right with that. If that was like, yeah, I think year. just obviously that would be the, just for the veteran trades. They would have to make trades at the deadline. But, I mean, if you're bringing Gardner back, it's like, all right, like he sat around for how long? And he sat around a couple yeah. months, but hey, yeah. if he's ready to play, I mean, Dan, he's definitely maybe that's better. just what he needed. He's definitely going to do better. Time than, off his feet. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely going to do better than Gallo. He's ten years. He's almost ten years older than Gallo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And half. I liked. Yeah. I liked Guardy in the nine hole last year. 
I thought it was just cool having the veteran round things out and a guy that could really work counts, known for working counts. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, Gallo does it sometimes. Like, when you see that he doesn't have the swing and he's just, like, doing the Little League shit, he can kind of work counts. Like, sometimes he works, like, three twos and all that. But, like, Gardner does that every single at-bat. Yeah. And, like, that's something that Rizzo does, too. Like, Rizzo, you see Rizzo go down, like, these 0-2, 1-2 counts. And then he just battles. Like, he shortens up. He starts fouling all these pitches off. And he really makes the pitcher work. I mean, he's having, like, these – double digit at bats that you know even if it results in a strikeout it's like dude like that was incredible we need one more at bat like that one more batter that's like at the bottom half of the line because Riz is at the top I mean Gardner Gardner would be that guy not that not that it needs to happen but someone like Gardner someone that you know just brings that energy you know that, that's yeah. what the Yankees could use. Someone at the bottom of the line that's going to provide that for you. Right. We'll, we'll find it. We'll find it. Because Gal is obviously not it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if it's Gardner, I'd be I'd be so happy. Honestly, like, that would be that would be such a twist on the season to be like, oh, man, like Cashman, Cashman kept his word that he wasn't going to, you know, not say anything to Gardner. But I am surprised that it is almost July and we haven't heard anything it's been like i think like a solid like two months now since we heard gardner's name come up saying that he wasn't going to take the deal with the braves that they offered him yeah um, but yeah 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 i don't know just a thought just a thought for you guys yeah that, you know this might not be the end all for brett gardner i hope not I don't know, but I, I think feel like we is. would have heard an official statement from him if we if he was done done. Yeah. Right. right, absolutely. Yeah, he's not ready to give it up, but I think I think the ship has sailed on him coming back to the team. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. As sad as it is. Yeah. Never know with this year. Yeah, I know. Full of surprises. Yeah. Oh definitely. Yeah. He, he might just be a September signing just to fucking get that ring again. Yeah. Or damn, uh kinda wanna hop in the bar or sell with you guys and we were talking about minor leaguers. Uh go for it though. Yeah, man, I'm gonna hop in. Um every I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start with someone from uh, I saw this today and I'm really happy for him because he knows you know, he knows me and Chris pretty well. He recognizes us from the pod. You know, he's done it ever since the first game that we went to in Hudson Valley this year. Um, but uh, Everson Pereira, um, he actually just broke the record for a single-season run scored uh, for the Renegades. He sits at 73 right now. Pretty good. Pretty good for it being June 28th, minor league ball, everything like that. Um, you know, he just you know, he gets on base enough, and, you know, when he gets on pace, he's always a threat to steal. And then, you know, guys are driving him in left and right. Um, but he really started to pick up. Like, he was kind of having, like, a slower season, like, power-wise, you know, and, like, actually hitting the ball. Like, you know, he would get, like, those those little numbers and, like, beat it out for infield singles. And, you know, he'd take his walks and, you know, everything like that. But, you know, I think it was not not this past road trip, which he still was really good on. But uh, two or three weeks ago, 
where they were on a road trip and he had like two games where he had two home runs and you know one game where he had like eight or nine RBIs and like he really he really started to show like what he can be in the future um you know he's still young you know uh but he's starting to play better defensively too you know he's fast like he can cover a lot of ground but like you know obviously you know when you're younger and you're you know you're traveling around to different parks that you don't know you don't know the dimensions too well this and that you know you kind of get a feel you got you kind of can't get a feel for like the wall out there and like you know the gaps and everything so you know early on in the season when I was watching him play it was uh kind of more of like a all right like just you know play the ball play the ball on the field and just you know get the ball back in now it's like he's going out there and he's uh he's getting the job done he's running down these balls you know he's making the relays he's reading the ball off the wall the proper way you know he's uh taking away bases from you know guys you know who are trying to stretch maybe a single into a double or a double into three you know he's cutting that off um but the thing I want to buy or sell with him is that uh I think I think we don't see him much longer in Hudson Valley and like in in the beginning of the year I thought he was going to be there all year like he, he wasn't he wasn't starting off great but now now seeing him the past like month or so He's really starting to hit the ball well. And, you know, with with the way that I saw the outfield lined up in uh in double A, you know, Lockridge is good. Um, I was a little overhyped about him. You know, I was kind of disappointed in his performance when I went. And then, you know, some of the other guys in there, they're just, you know, they're just gonna be minor leaguers. I I don't know if they're or they're gonna wind up playing on other teams. I don't think they're gonna make it all the way through the system. Um I think Elijah Dunham is a he's a double A uh, corner outfielder for the Yankees. And I think he's a big trade piece. I think there's gonna be a lot of teams that you know the Yankees are looking for, you know, talent to get to the World Series. We're gonna see his name. We're gonna see Will Warren. We're obviously gonna see Andujar, I think Floriel, and watch the name Elijah Dunham. I think those are gonna be the four really big names maybe we see Wineski we might even we might even see Waldachuk I wouldn't be surprised like if the Yankees really are going to make a run but I think Waldachuk has to be that guy that like he's your guy like that's that's your next big pitcher there yeah we're just waiting for Um, him to get the call at this point yeah yeah. at this point I'm just that's that's the only guy I'm ready ready for Volpe is not going to be ready this year he might make it to AAA. He should make it to AAA. Peraza He'll probably do a year at Scranton. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peraza. He could be ready now, but there's really nowhere to put him right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved because of the year that Glaber Torres is having. I thought that when Glaber was coming back at first, I was like, I don't know. Are we going to get the same Glaber that we saw at shortstop or were we going to get the 2018-2019 Glaber? And, you know, we're getting like a kind of a low mix of both. Not really so much defensively, but like offensively. Like there's been times where we see 2018-2019 Glaber. He's been great. 
And then there's other stretches for like a week or two where you see the same Glaber from shortstop from like last year in 2020. But, uh, you know, I think Peraz, I think Peraz is the biggest trade chip that we have because he's ready to produce for an MLG team and we could get so much back for him. It just, it just depends on the return. Like I'm not, I'm not willing to give up Peraza for anything less than something that's going to get us to a world series. Yeah. Like, like if there's any, if there's any doubt, like if Cashman rings the phone and they say, Oh, like, let's say the reds and they say, Oh, we'll give you Castillo for Peraza and someone else. If Cashman has any doubt of saying, damn, what if we lose Peraza and like Castillo doesn't work out for us? I have to say no. Like, that's the thing. Like, it has to be a definite, like, yes, this guy is going to bring us to the World Series and hopefully win it for us to give up a guy like that. Because, you know, that could be the guy. And you know, Peraza could still be one of our guys. Like, you know, it's not it's not guaranteed that Gleyber Torres is going to be on this team his whole career. You know, Volpe's there, Peraza's there. They could want to be in the middle infield in, like, two or three years. And they could they could tell Glaber to go scratch. We, we don't know. But, yeah, back back to Everson Pereira buying or selling. I just think that uh, he's going to – like, there's going to be a lot of the guys in the farm system in total that take the next step, but he's definitely going to be one of those guys that takes a big leap. But we're not going to see him as a Yankee until at least 2024, if not 2025. I don't expect him to be here next year. Um, it's just it, it's hard, man. It's hard because like, brothers, him, and then there's Dominguez, and like, Pereira's not really compared to anyone. Dominguez is being compared to guys like Mickey Mantle and Mike Trout. So like that puts so much pressure on Pereira to be like, I want to be the Yankees center fielder too. Like, what do I have to do to be better than Dominguez? Like he has to he has to think about that every day. And know that, you know, he he is a step ahead of Dominguez. You know, he is higher up. But the thing is, Pereira has to be able to take that leap to double-A for Dominguez to take that leap to Hudson Valley. That's that's really the thing. Unless unless Dominguez is ready, then they move him and they tell Pereira, hey, you got to be a corner outfielder in Hudson Valley. And I know that's not what he wants to do. Like, I know Everson enough now where, you know, we speak when I'm at the games or whatever. He wants to be a center fielder, bro. He wants to. And uh, I don't know. I'm done talking about this. I'm done. I'm I'm getting getting emotional because, like, "Ah, bro, I want to see this guy. Like, I mean, I'm going to see him tomorrow play in Hudson Valley. But, like, it's so cool knowing someone in the system that like roots for us and that we're rooting back for him. And we don't know if he's ever going to make it just because of the other blockages in the way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, If you got, (laughs) if you guys got another buyer, so go ahead. I'm going to stop talking for a little bit. You got one, Mikey? Nah, I think we're good to move on. Yeah, I think I'm Maybe straight. 
I just yes. wanted to, yeah, I just want to touch on Holmes struggling. I'm not Holmes, King struggling a little bit. Um, that was really it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm excited. I mean, like it, let's just say it's practically July. We have two days left of June. July is going to be so much fun because we get, we get Chapman back. The wise is going to be back. We get, we get our bullpen revamped. So it's like, honestly, it's kind of big because it's like that gives us time to figure out if we really need to go after a big bullpen piece or just something minor, because it could be, it could make the whole difference of us going after a David Bedner type or just, you know, someone like a Clay Holmes, someone that had a career ERA of like a six. And when he got traded here, everyone was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then, you know, look at what happened. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's the best story in a long time for someone like that. Like, you had a career ERA of a six. You get traded to the Yankees. You're like, oh, sweet. Like, no way. Like, they believe in me. And now you're top five closer in baseball. And he, ha- I mean, thing is like Boone said like him and Chapman are still gonna split time in the ninth. Like it's gonna like it's gonna happen where like days that Clay doesn't pitch, Chapman will be the ninth and a guy. And I guess days that Chapman doesn't pitch, Clay will be like I mean I'm I'm not opposed to it. Because you now Chapman did look good, but the the one thing that I didn't didn't feel optimistic about with Chapman is uh his velocity, it wasn't there. I think he touched 97. That was about it. You know, he touched 97 with his fastball sinker. He touched 87 on his slider. Those are significant dips from what we are used to seeing from Chapman. So, I don't know. I'm not as worried because, you know, the three times I pitched – you know, twice in double A and once in triple A were good. Um, but it is concerning because, you know, we do know Chapman now to be a guy who uh, mislocates and then gets burnt for it. So I, I guess only time will tell when he comes back to the the major league roster. I'm assuming that he's going to get the weekend. I think, I think that would be it. Either he gets the weekend in Scranton or he'll be on the road trip ready for Cleveland. That's my guess, is that they have they had him pitch tonight in Scranton. Maybe they have him pitch again tomorrow in Scranton, and then he's back with the team. That would be my guess. And then the game in Houston, he's not available because then he pitched two games in a row in Scranton. But then he'll be ready to go for the Cleveland series if he needs if they need him. And that'll be Cleveland's not a good team, but that's like the real test. Like is he is he healthy? Is he back? What Chapman are we getting? Like that's that I think that's our biggest question mark is right now. Like our bullpen's been fine. But are we getting Chapman back to the Chapman that we all want, and are we getting the wise to go back to the wise that we know? Because that's going to affect the entire 
trade deadline for the New York Yankees is we are riding on those two guys to come back healthy. And that's going to make the, that's going to make the biggest difference for us. Yeah, 100%. We got to see what versions of them we get. And then that'll determine if we need to bolster the bullpen or if we need to just stay pat with what we got and just focus on that offensive liability that is named Joey Gallo. I want to start calling him liability. It's a good nickname for him. No, nah, I'm trademarking that shit. That's <laughs> yeah, the first time it. we've called him a liability. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I still want to make I, I I still want to make the shirts before before he gets traded. We might the have swing. to go. Honestly, we might. When is he gonna get traded? Is he gonna? I mean, he's gonna get traded after the All Star break. Like, has he's to gonna get traded on deadline day. Yeah, uh, I think it might be before that. I I think if the Yankees wait that long. I'd honestly be surprised. Yeah. Because I, I really do think that the, that Brian Cashman is going to give him up for rarely anything. Like, I do think that Brian Cashman is just like, damn, like I messed this one up. That's all. Like he's going to take the blame and be like, yo, that's on me. And he's just going to give him up for whatever. Like, I mean, we won't get the same four prospect ball, but I think just off his defense alone, we'll still get two. Yeah, like think, we can get we two get top two. prospects for him. Not top. I still think honey mm-hmm. mustard is the best uh, trade option yeah, for. Yeah. You, know. you know, you know what though, Chris, and I can't believe I didn't tell you guys this. Chris sent me a text of a photo. He found honey mustard. The Yan- Yankee Stadium <laughs> has honey mustard. They listened to us. I guess. I, I guess they did the trade it. already. They're just waiting. They're just waiting. To put it through. Yeah. They're just waiting. They're just waiting for the logistics. Like he sent the picture. <laughs> I was shook, bro. Shook. I was like, there's no way. I was like, there's no way they finally did it. It took them, <laughs> it took them years, bro. Years. And I don't know why Chris has it. Because Chris doesn't even like honey mustard. So why is he he definitely threw it in the garbage? And that is a sin. That is a mortal sin. Like he him and Joey Gallo belong in the same place, in the same category for that. They belong on the sun. So maybe maybe we're sending. I think uh, I can't wait for Chris to listen to this, but uh, I think we're going to be sending uh, Joey Gallo and uh, and Chris to uh, to an Astros podcast for uh, for maybe some trash cans. That sound like a good deal. That was weak. That was I know. weak. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, man. Ah, oh, that was weak. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I don't know how Chris doesn't like honey mustard, but that's not important. It's not really important. Right. Nah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Nothing much else. Jack, you're going – no, you're going to the game next week. Yeah. yeah. I got to yeah, say – The single A um, – Big, yeah. Seaside Park near Lakewood, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, Jersey Shore Blues are local, and yeah. I'll be at the game on July 7th, and they'll be playing the Renegades. So I'll have coverage of that game. Yeah. We'll be able to, yeah, you'll be able to see some, hopefully, future Yankees, you know, some of them at mm-hmm. least. And, uh, yeah, I'll be seeing some future Yankees on uh, tomorrow going to the Renegades against the Cyclones. It's like a little mini Subway Series action between uh, the single-A teams. And then uh, Saturday I'll see some more future Yankees. Um 
in Scranton, and I'll be seeing uh, Timmy LaCastro too. Timmy LaCastro's out there, and Duhar's out there. And, you know, I've been thinking about all week, like since uh, since my family bought the tickets. It's probably going to be my last time seeing Miguel and Duhar as, like, a, a member of the Yankees organization. And it, it sucks. Like, it honestly, like, like a piece of my heart is like ripped out. I'm just I, yeah. I'm hoping we we get someone big for him. Yeah, really bro, big. Have to, have to. Yeah, have to. I feel like he's. I mean, he's, I'd rather, I'd rather give him the playing time over Gallo. Yeah. But I swear to God, I, I, I would wish. Too. I would too. I wish in a million so years I would, but they are the front office already messed that up. And honestly, like you can't even blame them, bro. Because like you can, but you can't. Because you you can't send you couldn't send down Hicks or Gallo. They have no options. And Duar did. That's why they did it. And like, yeah, it sucks for him because he was actually playing well. But it's like now they have to do right by him, saying you know him saying that he doesn't want to be a Yankee, and do it. But the only thing is, where are you sending him? And obviously. You know how good he is, and it sucks that you have to lose him. But what is going to be the best person that you can get back for him? And I think, I think he's going to go back. He's going to go somewhere for pitching. It's hundred percent going to be someone. He's going somewhere for a pitcher. Has to be. And I really think that the Yankees are set. Like finally, after like three years, they're finally set on Luis Castillo that he's a part of that trade. I think it's going to take Anduhar, Will Warren, and Elijah Dunham. Those three, get it done. You get him. Honestly, you get Luis Castillo. You get any any left fielder. Or, you know, maybe you find a hobo on a street to replace Joey Gallo and just give him a glove, and you get a reliever. That's a solid trade deadline. Agreed. Motherfucker said a hobo. Yeah, honestly, bro. Bro, take a newborn at this point. Bro, you know that. You know that. <laughs> bro, you know you know the same guy that always stands outside Yankee Stadium asking for uh, extra tickets. Give that guy a glove, bro. He could probably do better than Gala at this point. At least he'll be oh able to, At least, at least then he'll be able to get into the stadium too. <laughs> like that'll that'll Jesus. give him the chance. Yeah, that'll give him the chance again to see him. Oh my! Nothing God. like the characters outside Yankee Stadium, man. Oh yeah, nothing. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. So I mean, if you guys are listening to this and you've never been to a Yankee game. You gotta go. I mean, it's an experience, it's a, and it's, it's an experience like none other. You gotta go. Go against a bad team. Buy some nosebleed tickets. Don't sit in the nosebleeds. <laughs> Find find empty seats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, scope around, do your little, you know, thing and uh yeah. you know, prance down. The trick is and, to get intel from the people watching at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever so, looks open. Make sure you make sure you got uh good friends, you know, make sure you got you got people that uh can hook you up. Because we always yeah. do. We always do. Yeah. <laughs> always a good time, you know. Um, he's never been gone to like countless games, 50 yeah, plus. Yeah, yeah. Never been a time where I was like, I wish I didn't go today. Right. You know, double header in the beating sun where we lost five nothing to the White Sox. Still and, happy uh, I went. Yep, yep. Still and happy. Then, yeah, absolutely. 
And let's end it off on this. The one, what's the one thing that you would tell a fan that's never been to a Yankee game to go and experience? Like, what's the one thing that they have to do when they're at Yankee Stadium? Like, what's one thing that they have to either do or get or see? Like, whatever. Be a part of the Bleacher Creatures. That roll call just gives you fucking chills down your spine. I love the roll call at the beginning of the games, and I love that the players embrace it and interact with the fans for that brief second, just acknowledging the roll call. It's unlike any anything else I've ever seen before or I've ever been a part of before. That shit is just amazing. I love the roll call at Yankee Stadium. More I had to convince somebody to go to a Yankee game. Um, who? What would I say? I, I would just consider it a learning experience. You know, I dragged my friend who had never been to a Major League Baseball game to a game against the Orioles, and he's been begging me to go to almost every game. He loves it. It is a learning experience. If you're not that familiar with baseball, watching it in person is so easy. It's so easy to pick up, especially the Yankees this year. They're so distinct and so memorable. Um, The scoreboard is a great source of information, a really easy way to understand the players, the stats, what's going on in the game. It's just a good time. And like I said, there's I've gone to 50-plus games, and there's never been a time where I wish I didn't go. It's always a good time. There's always something new there. Food is King's Hawaiian. We should do it. We should do a little bit on the food at Yankee Stadium, but I think King's Hawaiian is the superior food. Um, But it's just, it's it's a great time. It's a learning experience. It's a great team this year. So I would take advantage of it. For me, for me, it's all the history. Like, I think, the coolest thing that none of us ever knew about, and I actually pointed out at the game because I figured this out on TikTok, um, is all the flags up on the top of the stadium represent all 30 teams in the majors, and they are changed every day based on the standings of the division. I didn't know that until this year. I never knew that they changed. I always just saw, like, oh, it has all 30 teams, and that's how they are. I never knew that they actually moved them around to let people know, like, hey, these are the division standings. I think that's awesome. And then obviously if you go, I mean, if Mommy and Park is open in a museum, you have to go. I mean, there's just so much history between all the retired numbers, you know, you know, the signed baseballs in the museum and the jerseys and, you know, just all the stuff you can do. And, you know, supposedly somewhere, and I've never seen this in a stadium, they actually have a kid zone. I have no idea where it is in Yankee Stadium. Um, but they actually have like a little zone. So like, you know, if you have kids, if you're, you know, in a family, like you might as well go check it out. You know, I I don't know where it is. I guess I'll have to take a look the next time I go to the stadium and see if I can find it, but it's there. Uh, and you know, it gives the, it gives a family a good experience. And then, you know, obviously with the food, like, you know, food definitely is expensive, but it is that you know, almost any baseball scene that you go to. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of options. I mean, obviously, you can never go wrong with, you know, just, like, 
you know, classic, you know, chicken tender bucket, whatever. But, uh, you know, I got to say, like, when I went to Sweepard for the first time and I got, like, the hopper sandwich and the chicken and waffles, like, that was definitely a, something that I never thought I would eat at a baseball game, chicken and waffles. But uh, it was it was pretty good. Honestly, it was, it was really, really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and they, they have just about everything food-wise. Like, anything that you're probably craving, you can literally get at Yankee Stadium. They Not going to lie, Ian, I didn't know about that. It's called the Plymouth Rock Kids Clubhouse, and it's um on the – on the third deck in right field. I definitely didn't know about that. Yeah, I never knew about that. We're going to have to check that out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a move. Got to gotta go go have some fun in the kids. Yeah. It's a 22-year, <laughs> little 22-year-old man child. <laughs> go, uh, go, around, go around to all these minor league parks now this summer. And, uh, you know, of the, of the three I've been to, two uh, – no, all three have kids zones. And, yeah, I've done them all done them all <laughs> and uh honestly hartford's a great bro and it was so difficult because it's just a little hitting machine and uh i'm so tall because it's a kid's zone i had to like bend over just to be able to like hit the ball just like floating in midair uh yeah but yeah yankee stadium i'm definitely coming for that kid's zone they're gonna they're gonna be like <laughs> sir they're gonna be like sir you're not allowed in here they're like what do you mean i'm 12 like, get out of the way <laughs> like in bench warners gonna have the fucking certificate in the twenty dollar bill. I am twelve. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no way. Yeah, I mean that about wraps it up though. Unless you guys got anything else. We it's one it's one AM. It's one AM. This is uh if you guys are listening to this, it'll be uh it's released, you know, this morning. It'll be a little bit later. But yeah, it's currently 1 a.m. on uh, June 29th, and we are recording our latest episode we've ever done. We've never been up this late for yeah, I enjoyed it. I yeah, like, it was, I like this great. time. These I are wish Chris hours. Yeah, honestly, this was way easier. This was way easier <laughs> yeah. to do it at this time. Yeah. Like, we were almost all of it. Like, I mean, Chris would Chris would have never done this. Yeah. Chris Chris works yeah, at like Chris works at seven o'clock in the morning. He would yeah. like, ah, he Well, Chris like, also had coverage of the game tonight, so it did kind of work out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that worked out great. You know, he got Marwin's. Uh, yeah. Not, not his home run, but like his little home run trot. Yeah. Um, he went live during the sixth inning. So that was cool, you know, just things that, you know, things that we're working on, you know, so episodes, you know, everything and, then, you know, wrapping things up, obviously um, started a chalkboard group. Uh, it's kind of, it's like an app that you can use for betting and group chats and stuff. Um, what we kind of want to do is use it as a, a game day group chat to be able to reach out to any Yankee fan. So if you guys are interested in joining the group chat, um there is a link that i'll put in our bio on the instagram it's on our instagram story right now you can actually join the chalkboard group chat um and yeah we'll literally you know once we get enough people up in there you know we'll talk every day before during after the game you know get each other excited you know we're going into the end of the first half of the season and obviously there's going to be a big push in the second half for october and, you know, we want to be able to enjoy that with as many Yankee fans as we can. So, you know, 
we're going to promote it on our page. We'll promote it on our personals, whatever. And then, you know, obviously whenever we get out to any games, whether it's, you know, a Yankee game or, you know, a minor league affiliate, you know, we'll try to, you know, get out to people and be like, Hey, like, you know, if you're a Yankee fan, like uh, we have a game day group chat, this and that, you know, try to get our friends involved and everything. Um, but I think it'll be a fun time. I think it'll be kind of cool to, you know, see what other people think and not just, you know, the four of us be able to see like, Hey, like, you know, so-and-so says like, Hey, we should go out to this guy or, you know, I like, I like what this guy's doing, like, you know, or whatever, whatever it is, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, obviously we'll have that going, got the Instagram going, the Twitter kind of going, TikTok going, been a little inconsistent as of late, but picked that back up and going. Um, and then, yeah, we'll go from there. I know Chris wanted to start a Facebook page. He can do that. I'm not doing that. I don't use Facebook. <laughs> I, I barely use Facebook. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll open up to anyone, you know, and. Uh, Always open probably, input. Yeah. I, I think, I think the best day for us to do a next episode would be after the road trip. I mean, we got this one more game against Oakland and Houston, you know, we we take a little break. We see how they do, you know, on this road trip. It's a long one. It's uh, it's ten games. It's ten games. So, ten game road trip, and uh, you know, then we'll come back. We'll talk about it, and we'll get we'll get ready for the All Star break soon. You know, so oh yeah. You know, Since we're taking that break, we should throw in our July hot take just to close it out. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's do that. Go ahead, start it off, big boy. <laughs> All right, so my hot take actually has to incorporate with All-Star Weekend. I think we actually have the – we are going to be the team with the most All-Stars, in my opinion. I think we're going to have a total of six. I think we're going to have Gary Cole, Severino, Tyon, Nestor, Judge, and Trevino. You're missing one. No, Clay no, Holmes. That's six. Clay, oh, Clay yes. Holmes that's is an all star. Seven. Yeah. Oh, I forgot Clay Holmes. Oh my! How could I forget Clay Holmes? Holy shit! Honestly, that's because yeah. I'm. That's because I'm fried. I'm you, fucking fried. Yeah. You might so have to make. Seven. You might have to make it eight, buddy. Who you got? Who you got getting in there? Glaber. Altuve, 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 so. Altuve, I think Altuve is the only other second baseman that would beat him out for like the hmm. starting spot. I really, okay, yeah, I do like Glaber then. Yeah, throw Glaber in there. Jeez, yeah, the Yankees. I, it's I just gonna be hard. I, I don't I, know. It's gonna be tough. It's yeah, no, it's gonna be. be it's gonna be. But you know, I think he, I think he's deserving of it. Do I think he's gonna get it? Maybe not. But you know, I think he might have an opportunity to snag it. Yeah, be... I definitely. I think. I think we're gonna get either six or seven. One of those pitchers I named might not make it. One of Cole, Savvy, or Tyone. But I think we're definitely a lock to get the most in the All Star game, which is my main take. Like I think we're gonna have the most All Stars by far. Best team in baseball, you have to have the most All Stars. Like it only makes sense. Agreed. Jack, if you want to go into your hot take, go ahead. Okay. 
I've been I've been waiting to bring up this guy for a while. Um, Let's hear it. Has it, it's not a Yankee, but it's just somebody that I want everyone listening and everyone to that follows baseball to keep an eye on. Right now he's with the AAA Orioles, but he. So, I think it was the twenty fifth. Um, we were at the game against the Orioles. It was uh, Sears' first start. And there was this big righty that came And I mentioned earlier that going to the games brings a whole new perspective on certain players. Um, obviously, you know them prior, um, but seeing them in person is, is you really realize just how good they are. Now, this guy, I had no idea who he was. Um, not at all. And he gave me a really great first impression. And I remember turning to Ian and saying, this guy's fucking good. Like, I don't know who this guy is. I remember looking up at the scoreboard and being like, this guy's good. This guy's going to be something. And when I looked up and saw he was 24, I'm like, this, this is somebody. My hot take is Logan Gillespie is going to be one of the most dominant relievers in the game within three years. And if he sticks with the Orioles, he will probably be their best reliever. Past couple outings, he hasn't been too good. He's let up a couple bombs, but he's still young. And, oh, man, seeing him in person was a pleasure. He was phenomenal. Only 24, only had had a couple outings up until that point. And he was making the Yankees look silly. So I recommend everyone keep an eye on him. Right now he's down in AAA only because he had a couple bad outings, but he was phenomenal when we went to see him. So keep an eye on Logan Gillespie. Word. Word. Dope. My hot take has to do with the minor leagues as well, but for the minor league Yankees, uh, and it has to go based off of uh, promotions, like people getting moved up. Um, Anthony Volpe had one of the slowest starts for a top prospect in a season for double-A. You know, he wasn't adjusting as well as everyone thought he was going to. You know, everyone thought it was going to push back his timetable to make it to the MLB. All of a sudden, something clicked. You know, the wheels started turning. You know, he started feeling more comfortable where he was at. You know, he leads the entire double-A league in stolen bases with 27. Um, he's on pace to hit over 20 homers this year that, you know, and like, I think like the two seventies, um, but overall, like Jack said, you know, the pleasure to watch someone just go about their business at such a young age and, uh, you know, seeing him Friday, you know, he only had one base hit, but you know, every at bat, you know, the at bats were long, grueling, you know, took some really tough pitches, made some loud contact. And then in the field, you know, bro, just, you know, flashing the leather, you know, with ease. I mean, making it look super easy out there. I mean, you know, we, we were watching him warm up and, uh, you know, he was taking, he was taking the grounders warming up from the hole, like the deepest part of shortstop and just lobbing them across. Like it was nothing, man. Like he was like, know just in the backyard like not that he was paying any mind but uh he's not going to be with somerset much longer he guaranteed him a playoff spot in their last game in the first half with a homer a walk-off homer on the same day that judge walked off against the astros 
And this kid is really going to be something special. I said it on my minor league review. He is truly the future of the New York Yankees. And by the end of July, he is going to be a part of the Scranton Rail Riders. Um, and then he's going to spend, you know, close to a full season there. You know, I think realistically, if the Yankee, if Yankee fans are looking for a timetable for him, I think June, maybe early July of 2023, unless he like has an amazing spring training next year, that is the ideal time where we will see Anthony Volpe for the first time in pinstripes. Um, but he's only a part of my hot take because I have multiple players in this. My favorite prospect, Ken Waldachuk. He's gonna have a start for the Yankees by the end of by the end of July, I think. There's, Hope you're right, Ian. There is really something. There is really just something about him that, like, they're giving all these guys a chance, and they're doing these six starters, six starters, six starter to keep guys fresh. And I love the idea that the Yankees are doing that. That they're keeping their guys fresh. They're making sure that their five are going to be ready to go in October. Whoever those five are going to be, I think. If you want to give Waldachuk a shot, I think he's ready. You know, he hasn't been in AAA for long, but he's made a quality seven or eight starts already. And he's really, you know, besides like one outing, I think six of the eight starts have been one run or none. And then he had one start where he gave like four, but it was to one of like the best teams in the entire AAA. Um, so don't be surprised. If you hear Ken Waldachuk's name, get the call to the big league level. Great lefty, great southpaw, all of that. And he's just got really good stuff. The breaking ball, the off-speed stuff is absolutely lethal. Um, and he doesn't overpower pitchers. You know, he just has – he hits the location. He has control and command. And, you know, when he just goes about his business, you know, he really just does it great. And even even though I haven't seen him in person yet, Every time I get a Twitter notification or an Instagram post, I see him pitching. It's just so amazing to watch him play. So great. And then if I have to say one more guy, it would probably be Anthony Siegler. Um, because in the little time that he's had with the Renegades, he only got his chance because Austin Wells got hurt. And Austin Wells getting hurt, I thought was devastating for the Renegades. This kid came up, and he filled Austin Wells' shoes better than anyone could have imagined, and he's been absolutely phenomenal. That's why I can't wait for Jack to be able to go see this guy in person. Uh, he's another catcher prospect, and if you guys have watched this podcast from episode one, you guys know how much I love Austin Wells, how much I love catchers, and everything like that. Siegler's a switch hitter. He's a young kid. You know, he was drafted in 2018, the year I graduated high school, and I've really been connected to him ever since. I got to meet him the last time I was at the Dutch. Super humble, you know, genuine guy. And, I mean, he's just all around a great player. You know, still young, still makes mistakes, but I think he's really stepped up his role, and, you know, he's banging about 300 there. Uh, and he provides a lot of pop that I think, honestly, that – he could be another guy too that by the end of July, he could take the next step because at the double A level, Josh Bro's not bad. But honestly, if you get the chance to put Anthony Siegler in that spot, if you're losing Volpe, 
you're not really losing Volpe because you're bringing in another kid that can literally be the same personality and bring the same energy to that clubhouse. So that's my three things, even though it's not a major league hot take. I got Volpe, Waldachuk, and Siegler all making the next step in their journey in their professional careers by the end of July. Like it. That's it. Definitely like that. Yeah. I love those guys. All all three of them that I named. You know, I met two of them. I met Volpe. Um, I didn't think I was gonna meet Volpe, but it was so cool, dude. I mean, one of my friends from high school, Jeremy, uh, who was on the podcast for one episode way back when. Um, they played travel ball together when they were in middle school. And uh as they went up to Volpe, he was about to leave. And like real quick, just with asking him for a picture. And I was asked, I asked him, I was like, yo, I was like, do you still talk to Jeremy Gutierrez? I was like, he played travel ball with you. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I still talk to him. He's like, I know, I know that kid really well. And I was like, yeah, I was like, it's one of my, you know, one of my friends from high school. I was like, we, we still talk all the time. And I was like, we talk about you. Um, so super dope. You know, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy's an awesome friend of mine too. And uh, I know, you know, myself and him, we've been talking about getting to game together to see Volpe together, you know, so that we can uh, kind of sit down and talk to him a little more and get to know him. But uh, again, Volpe, genuine guy. And uh, bro, he's just so eager to like, he just loves the game, bro. And like when he doesn't perform, he knows and like he makes sure that, you know, the mistakes that he makes, you know, he corrects them and doesn't make them again. Um, and honestly, for everyone who hasn't gone to Somerset to see him, uh, you should run there before he gets to Scranton. And like Scranton's not far either, it's two hours, but you definitely want to see him at least once before he gets to the MLB roster. You want to see him before he hits that real fame, you know, before he becomes a uh, larger than life. Yeah, that's it, man. You know, minor league baseball is the best time because you get you get to know everyone before they're stars. And you know, if you get the time, if you if you're a regular, if you go enough and you meet these guys and you talk to them, you know, they get really close to you, and then you know, you become fans of them more, and you're rooting for them to make it, and you hope that they make it on your team because you just get that you get almost like a closer connection to them sometimes then you do some of the gods on the major league rosters. So, yeah, that's, that's how I'll end my speaking. Yeah, if you guys yeah, got man. anything else? Yeah. I'm good, man. Yeah, it was solid. Yeah, solid night, yeah. So, Yankees are uh, now 55 and 20. It's uh, currently 121 in the morning on June 29th. We will uh, end this episode and see you guys after the road trip. So, you know, just keep winning ball games, keep dogging it out, fighting back, and, uh, you know, let's go Yankees. That's it. Go Yanks.